hey, did you hear the show's been renewed? Yeah, that is true. We're coming in here <laughs> early with that news, I guess. Uh, it got renewed last week, mm-hmm. right when... Um, I feel like every other show I've watched on TV recently has not been renewed. So it's very funny that Criminal Minds is a little show that can, baby. Canceled once before, but never again. (laughs) It's so funny to me. Like, listen, I love Criminal Minds. I'm happy they're back on my screen. But, like, you're going to cancel Warrior Nun (laughs) and and renew Criminal Minds? Like, it's so... (laughs) I don't get it. Like, I listen, I love this show. It's clearly a fucking phenomenon, right? Everyone loves it. It gets referenced all the time in other media. I get it. I get it. It's a cultural staple now. You already canceled it once, though. But, like, it, it <laughs> like, did finish. You did end the show. So yeah. why, why, why are you coming back? Yeah, and one, thing, and one thing I learned is AJ Cook signed a three-year contract. Like, if it were renewed, she's on for three years. So that means they were, like, hoping it would get renewed they were which means they were kind of uh, planning on it having three years which is sort of that's the old style uh netflix model is it used to be three years and then back-end costs would go up exponentially so you would have to then you know prove your show Mm -hmm. with the stats you've earned in your first three years that is no longer the case at netflix netflix doesn't give a shit they are shooting blindly i know but even that like um Grey's Anatomy they used to sign two-year contracts for their characters you know so you'd know whether or not someone was going to die by whether or not they had signed a contract that you know continued through that season finale and that I think network shows they either did like two it was either like two years or it was like six or seven year contracts like it was there was no like middle ground like you were either there and you were renewing every two years or you were there for like six seven years and that Mm -hmm. was it Mm-hmm. Like, it's interesting to me that this show got renewed, honestly. It, honestly, it's telling about the way these 10 episodes end. That they you want know? another season of this. Yes, because this was sold to us, the audience, as one case spanning 10 episodes, kind of like a fun little proper proper end and yeah like a mini series kind of thing but now it's like wait are we just is this season 16 is are we just is starting again 16 maybe that's why it's shown us two things everywhere because it's like if we don't get renewed it's criminal minds evolution if we do get renewed it's just season 16 baby i okay i'm gonna be real talk real talk how I feel about it being renewed is going to heavily depend on how they end this season. Let's call this shot now. As of the time we are recording this mm-hmm. on uh, January 17th, about a week-ish after it got renewed and after episode six came out, mm-hmm. do you think they're going to catch the dude at the end? Or is he going to escalate into fucking Criminal Minds, Batman, Rogues Gallery, villain territory? I think because they weren't necessarily expecting to be renewed, that they will catch him. However, it may be one of those things like there are people on his network we still 
who are still out there. And that means that BAU has work to do. And like, that's how it's going to end. You know, do you think they're going to catch him at the end? I'm, I'm with you. I think they are going to catch him at the end, but I think we're either going to learn about other people on his network or he's going to say, oh yeah, but you didn't know my partner or something like that at the very end. And then we're going to be like, oh shit, here we go again. Benjamin Button, how you doing? You know, Benjamin Jutton, I'm doing all right. <laughs> I was so hoping you would say that. Literally, I was like, please get my telepathic message to call me Benjamin <laughs> Jutton. And somehow I did. And Talk about milf on milf crime. <laughs> I think we've been doing this podcast for too long that we have. Mm-hmm. Our brains have melded together mm-hmm. in this way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've like mind melded. Speaking of mind melding, teleport the name and number of this episode into my brain verbally. <laughs> James, I really hate to break it to you. I'm not going to attempt to say this episode title again because oh, it I roasted forgot. me so bad the first time I tried yes, to say it. So I'm going to let you, we're talking about Criminal Minds Evolution, uh, episodes five and six, the name of which are? Oedipal, right? And Oedipus Rex. I can't believe believe I had to like pitch it to you and Uh, then you were like. I thought they just called it like Oedipal. Okay, it's Oedipus Oedipus Rex. Rex. Oedipus Rex and True Conviction, right? Yes. 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 They said, they did, in your defense. They, they said Oedipal so much in this fucking episode yeah. that it stopped sounding like a real word. Yeah. It's already, Oedipal is already hanging on by a goddamn yeah. thread when it comes to being like real world word status. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Latin. They cut that thread. Yeah. So let me, before we would start, I will describe Oedipal Complex. So I'll talk about it. I mean, notes. I knew what it was, but I made some professional notes straight from Wikipedia. And I'm going to try and learn how to pronounce it, because I've only ever okay. read that word before. Oedipus. Oedipus. That's the dude who wants to fuck his mom, right? Yes. Well, no. I mean, it's complicated. Okay, hold on. <laughs> okay. Oedipus Rex is a Greek tragedy. And the basic premise of it is Oedipus was born to Jocasta and I forget his father's name. And there is a prophecy given by Tiresias, who appears in many Greek plays, who's a blind oracle. And he tells them, you know, your son will kill his father and sleep with his mother. And they're like, we don't want that. So they send their son away. They give their son to a farmer and say, Go leave him on a mountain to die because we don't want this to happen. But the farmer can't bring him. The farmer does like leave him on the mountain, but then somebody finds him 
and brings Oedipus. Oh, by the way, he has a club foot. He's like one of his foot feet is messed up. That's important. They send him to the neighboring kingdom. So he's raised as a prince by the king and the queen of the neighboring kingdom with no idea they're not his real parents. Or they're not his biological parents, right? So when he grows up, he's walking along, traveling towards Thebes. When he comes across an old man in a like carriage with a bunch of guards and the old man tries to like run him off the road out of cruelty or whatever. So Oedipus murks him and the man kills this whole, kills the guy, kills these people. And Oedipus is like, fuck off. Oedipus gets to Thebes, which is currently undergoing a bunch of plagues and he cures the city and they make him king. Yeah. They make him king. Rex is king. So they make him king. So now he's Oedipus Rex, Oedipus king. And as his prize, he marries the previous king's wife. They fall in love. They have two kids. Everything is going great until all of a sudden, plagues and shit, curses start falling upon the city again. And they're like, why? They can't figure out why it's happening or what's going on. And then through a series of messengers, they learn about that Oedipus is not the, that is, is not the son of the kings and the queen in the next kingdom. He is, in fact, from Thebes, he is Jocasta's son. So he hasn't, and the man in the, the carriage was his father. So even though they sent him away, he kills his father and he marries and sleeps with and has two kids with his mother. And she, Yikes. yeah, so she hangs herself uh, from when she learns about it. And he puts her hairpins in his eyeballs and claws his eyeballs out and then he like ban exiles himself forever and he leaves and there's two more plays Oedipus Rex is the first in the trilogy but that's Oedipus Rex he doesn't want to kill his dad and marry his mom it happens because the message is you can't avoid your fate even if you're the king and the queen sorry yeah you know that's kind of the play but the reason we all know, think of it that way now, and the reason we have an Oedipal complex is because of good old Mr. Sigmund Freud. The root of all evils. Chili. Mr. Sigmund Freud. Chili. So I'm going to tell you his, what he says the Oedipus complex is, and then expand on that a little bit. So basically, the idea is that a young boy grows up in competition with his father where he's always going to be inferior and weaker than his father because his father's grown and older and as a way of proving his manhood and that he's better than his father he wants to be the number one man in his mom's heart and that's you know turns into sexual whatever he lusts after his mother because like having his mother would prove that he is as much of a man as his father that's kind of the general the gist of it. And this is tied with things like castration anxiety, which is for men, is they fear that because their father's always going to be better, they're not a real man. You know, so it's that fear of castration that they're going to be like demanhooded, you know, <laughs> physically. Yeah. And then penis envy is girls who grow up in that same kind of, they know that they're never going to be as strong or powerful as men. So they envy the penis, which is the thing that they are lacking that men have. And they may even have the feeling that they were castrated before they were like able to do anything about it because they don't have a penis. 
So that's where he kind of like comes from. But that's the Oedipal complex. The gist hmm. of it. Yeah, and there's, you know, obviously more in-depth stuff about it, but that's the gist. And in recent years, in the past, I'd say like 30, 40 years, we don't like this anymore. It's bad. And it's 100% based on the fact that Freud was covering up like child abuse by instead of being like grown men like to prey on young men and young girls and boys to feel strong, to feel powerful, and they beat them and all this kind of stuff. It became children go out of their way to seek relationships with adults, and that leads to them being abused. It's children have an inherent desire to go after grown-ups and mm. not their grown-ups like abusing their power by abusing children. So his whole theory, and it's very, of course, like heteronormative mm-hmm. and like, you know, women aren't lacking penises. You know, cis women just don't have them. It just works like that, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so things like that. Um, so okay. we don't do it anymore, but that's the edible complex, which is why I was like, that's what the BAU is, <laughs> is landing on like it's so weird to me that instead of being like well clearly the senator has abused this child to the point where he feels powerless and is taking his anger out on his mother and other people it became like no he is lusting after his mother and he is like you know transferring his desire yes number one yeah, a little weird now that we've gone into the framing of it all. Yeah. But also, this is the dude who is sort of a wannabe cannibal, so a little bit of that kind of on him, my guy. Well, yes, okay, yes. The cannibal thing is weird. <laughs> but then we get the weird, like, when she's like, come on, put the drink down, come here. Yeah, what the fuck is that? <laughs> that made me so viscerally uncomfortable. I was I like, go, I know I'm that's so the sh- point of this, but holy you know, shit, gang. I'm sure that the, I think the note that I made was like, oh, he's going to follow her orders because she's always been in charge. And then he kneels in front of her. And I was like, he just did that. Like she went, come here, right here. And he was, knew that that meant to kneel, which is very indicative of like, trauma and things you know and then the way that she like brushes her thumb over his lips and like cups his face and it's like you're gonna do this right and he's like yes that was uh, loaded 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 and not explored no 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 his father died so he became the man of the house no as far as we are concerned this man was an immaculate conception (laughs) I I just like wow huh <laughs> okay so let's start going through this because um I've got I feel like there's a lot it's been a while since we had an episode we sort of had to break mm-hmm. because of real life things and then yeah. you know, it's been a while since we've done one of these episodes this I there was so much meat on these bones <laughs> these episodes there was a lot of meat on these bones man yeah. that's for sure sometimes i've seen a couple complaints that the sh- episodes are going really slow and it's cuz we're just slow roasting baby i just i like it honestly it's We've, in a crock pot it's set to simmer you and i are here we are feasting we'll come back in 10 hours baby <laughs> exactly 
exactly. Yeah, I, you know, we've complained about sometimes the episodes are so rushed and the pacing is so weird. And it's like, did anything actually happen? I like the pace of these episodes. And I like that we are really seeing the team. It feels less like the team is, you know, our wizards that are just suddenly like, wait a minute, he has a blue car? I know where we'll find his mother. You know, there's like less of that, you know, and you get to see them truly kind of understanding it. And like every Mm -hmm. case helps them understand Sicarius more. I like how slow these episodes are. I think I was talking about this. I was actually recommending this. My coworker watched this show and she like had mentioned that she wasn't really into like the whole, like she tried to watch Criminal Minds, but she like isn't really that into true crime. And so she didn't really like it. And I was like, sure. try this because this is a lot more about the team mm-hmm. behind solving the crimes. Like it's a lot more about that interpersonal aspect of it. And I was like, this feels like this is what Criminal Minds always wanted to be, but they always had that 44 minutes of, of, yep. of TV airtime, you know? And they were like beholden to that. Yeah, and I think that you're right in that it did used to be very killer focused, you know, and yeah. and even though we are watching Sicarius, you know, as we watch the team, it doesn't feel like fetishistic about yeah. torture and crime, you know. It feels like it's more about the people behind the act. You know what I mean? Behind the act of catching them and also behind the act of like killing and murdering, right? It just feels more like it's more about the people. Um, And it makes it more, I really enjoy it a lot. Me too. I also like that they don't, it doesn't feel like some streaming service shows, I will Mm. not name names. Mm -hmm. Um, They tend to take that like, you can have an hour, hour 15 runtime on an episode. And they tend to take all that time no matter what. Yeah. Even if it's not useful for them to do it or it's not, they don't have enough plot to fit that hour, 15 minutes, mm-hmm. right? They will take it anywhere. Anyway, they don't care that they don't have the plot or the bones to, to deal with this. Criminal Minds feels the opposite. Like, it feels like these episodes are about an hour because there's like a lot of meat on these bones. There's a lot they want to talk about. And I really enjoy it that way. It really feels like much more multi-layered and like deep than Criminal Minds used to. Yeah, I was just thinking, you know, the people who said, Reed isn't there, I'm not going to watch it. Or they don't like how much it's focusing on JJ's relationship with Will, like all of that. I think what interested them about Criminal Minds was the flashiness and the like badassness and all of that. The stroke of genius that solves the whole case. And I think for me, and I think for you and for our friends, it's been like, I will dissect these episodes to learn everything I can about these people. I think these characters are fascinating. I think the way they work is fascinating. And like, honestly, I don't care about the crime aspect that much, you know, other than the fact that it's what, you know, lets them use their brain and what lets them uh, tackle their own personal issues. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think for us, this, this show evolution is perfect because it is exactly that. 
you know, not flashy, but it's giving us so much about the characters. And it's also like it's placing them within sort of like the broader context of the world, I think, a lot better than Criminal Minds Mm -hmm. OG ever did. Right. This places them within the broader context of like, yeah, you can get Rebecca to overturn this case, but that means that she will have to overturn a case. She will have to withdraw a Mm -hmm. case as a prosecutor. That's a big deal. Like, I like that they like gave that decision some weight. You know what I mean? I like that they sort of like placed it within the context of the bureaucracy. Whereas like before, and we've sort of made fun of it for like everybody <laughs> and their mother wants to shut down the BAU. Right. Like, now it, it kind of like, it makes sense. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're doing a better job of placing it within context of the bureaucracy they work in. Yeah. And I think that, you know, with Strauss, with Linda Barnes, they were kind of like villains for no reason. Yeah. You know, we didn't know anything about them. We didn't know why they were doing this. Whereas with Bailey, we're like, okay, he doesn't understand the fields aspect of it and like the practicality of what they're doing. And then it's like he is, you know, gunning for a promotion that is understandable Strauss was just like if you ever want to move up you know but Bailey it's like we know exactly we know why he's doing what he's doing yeah and then the fact that like we learn about the dating app which just was hilarious and then yeah we can just see and then once he understands kind of like what's going on and it hits him on a personal level he gets it and he gets with the BAU you know and I and it, instead of it being like him being like, I'm going to shut you down, it was like, hey, find me the proof that this Sicarius is still out there and I will go help you not get shut down, you know? Yeah. It's not just like, and again, it's part of fitting into that bigger picture where like he might be the face of shutting the BAU down, but it's because he's got a bunch of people around him trying to cut budget, trying to do this, trying to do that. You know, whereas with Strauss, it was just like, nah, she's a bitch. You know, she's just a bitch. It's yeah, just exactly. her being a bitch. You know, so I do like that. That you're exactly right. They fit into the larger context. Uh, yeah. But speaking of larger context, in we're episode- about half an hour into context right now. <laughs> I know we're not even starting the app. I'm just bringing something up. Where the fuck was Emily Prentice? This was all about senators and congressmen and this and that, and I was like. Emily, your mother is one of the most connected people. You grew up with these senators. Like, why? Like, she should have known Senator Reeves. Like, I was missing that. Like, why isn't Emily being like, I'll make a phone call. I know this, this senator's other son. Like, none of it. Weird, right? Yes. It feels a little weird that Bailey had to be like, senators children's have staffs to check with them first like that should have been an emily move like emily your mom has staff like you, you had staff at you some had point in staff. your life yes like that that's <laughs> and like the fact that she didn't know about the dating app like even if she wasn't on it like she should have known about it yeah you know? it was just it was weird i was like come on em <laughs> I wonder if Patrick Brewster just wasn't really available when they were filming this app, so they kind of had to, like, take away her shit. But But she was there so often. Yeah, she's the unit chief now. It just was so weird to me that, like, Emily... And then Bailey, this whole time, Bailey has been like, 
no one's on your side. No one cares. I'm talking to the people in charge. And I was like, Emily, you talk to the people in charge. And she was like, this case is political. So we got to tread lightly. And I was like, Emily, your whole thing is that you hate politics. And your mother was a politician. They didn't even mention Ambassador Prentice. Like, I know the actress is dead, God bless. But they kind of talked about the character of it. Yeah. It was so weird. And then we still haven't gotten anything about Emily's personal life. And it's episode six. Season two comes uh, and we find out. Season two of Evolution comes and it's just all about Emily's personal life. You and I are going to be eating good, man. Nom, 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 nom. Although I did, when I'm very sad about Rebecca and Tara and their relationship. It was good while it lasted. But I was like, Emily? No, I want them to get back together. I like Rebecca and Tara. No, I do like like, them. I like them. I like them. But if we can't have them... The solution is not Tara the lesbian ends up alone, okay? The solution is either they get back together or fucking Tara and Emily get together. I love the beautiful hope you have in the world. I really do. Uh, I'm an optimist. You really are. Unfortunately. You're optimistic enough for both of us, baby. (laughs) That's all I want. Okay, let's start this fucking episode. We get the recap of the episode to talk about the general case, Tyler Green, maybe people has cancer. And then we cut to like a rich person's house and the girl is meeting this man and they're playing at last, which like made me laugh. Yeah, I was like, come on. We love out of James in this household. Yeah. Uh, She's like very nervous, but like impressed by the big house. And she's all like, ooh. And she checks her breath. It's very cute. Which is really cute. This actress did a really good job, by the way. Oh, yeah. Shout out to shout out to these women this these few episodes. They really are doing their shit. They are. So they're just meeting for the first time at his house, which I was like, I don't care if he's a senator's son. Maybe because he's a senator's son, I'd be like, can we meet in public? Yeah. That was odd that she like drove out to her house. Um he gives her a rose because her name is Rose. He's like, I know it might be cliche, but like, here's a rose for a woman named Rose. Okay. I was like, come on, my guy. Come on, my guy. Uh, she has to have her, t- oh, she has to have her phone turned off for discretion, and she's like, I get it. And then as they're walking in, she's like, Is this her house? Oh my goodness! And then, okay, uh, they walked into the room with the painting. And I literally wrote down Martha Stewart with three question marks. (laughs) I was like, is this mom Martha Stewart? She's Martha Reeves with tobacco farms and things. I was like, is this what I'm supposed to be getting from this? I don't know. And then he says he did research on Rose and her mom's dead. What a... uh... What a what a what a good first date starter, my guy. Uh, oh, I love your mom. She's amazing. I supported her. I voted for her. Your mom, she's dead, dead? right? <laughs> <laughs> she's dead, and she's like, yeah, she's dead. Oh, and then he get, so they have wine, and she like immediately starts getting dizzy from the wine. Sound passes out, etc. And the assistant is clearly like into it all we never learned what the assistant did because he's like the things i've done um gotten the girls driven them to different places 
watched while maybe buried them after Ben did his stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so he gets the girl. She passes out, and then she wakes up gagged and she's like tied to a table. Okay, <laughs> he like grinned, and all I wrote down was teeth. I like couldn't figure out what was in his mouth, what was happening. It was just like Well, it's it's dark. kind of dark and he just does a little like mouth bitey sound, which really gets me. Ugh. It really gets me, man. I could not Ugh. do it. Um, but he has teeth, yes. All of them very sharp. Very <laughs> teeth, sharp. Yes. Hard hard big mouth teeth. Um, okay. Also, I don't okay, I don't buy their thing about him being a would-be cannibal. Because really? you know, he certainly does a lot of biting of human skin, man. Yeah, but it strikes me as more like that feral thing because he doesn't like take chunks out until well, his he mother. did on his mom. Well, yeah, but that was like the you know the focus of his rage. Um, but the rest of it, the rest of them are just big bites. You know, I don't know. I, don't know. I think we've. We've had enough cannibals that we've, it's probably cannibal. Yeah. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to pretend that I am the end all be all expert on what does technically count as cannibalism. Sure. And what doesn't, you know? He, just, I, he doesn't eat any of them. But that I feel, think, That feels like the crux of cannibalism is the eating of them. Well, yes. But also, thematically, the crux of cannibalism is is consuming either way. So, like, I don't know. I just, but what I is he consuming? Think, He's just biting. I watched Bones and All and I did not understand much of it. But <laughs> 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 I think that in the context of this show, where mm. we had religious cannibal dude from way in like season two. Season one. Season one. And then we've had Mr. Florida cannibal boy. Mm-hmm. And then we've had like, we we've had enough weird cases <laughs> of like, technically cannibalism on this show that I'm like willing for it to be like, yeah, this man bites people? Yeah, probably. That's fair. Your bites don't come away completely clean, I guarantee it. That's true. With teeth like those? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Then we find out that Will does not have cancer, but he has a high white blood cell count, which I'm pretty sure is connected to HIV AIDS. Or a high white blood cell count. Yeah, it's a it, it's like a precursor for a lot of things. Yeah, but it was just like interesting. And then it was like, well, it might be cancer, but like we don't know yet. And then it turns out that Will has known about this for months and just didn't tell JJ. And until like last episode when he got sad about it suddenly. <laughs> yes. right. And then uh, she has to call from work and she's like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to stay home. I'm going to stay with you. And Will's like, no, just like go and it's fine. And JJ's like, do you want Sandy to come and help my mom? And Will is like, no, just go. And JJ's like, fine. But, you know, you got to tell me about this test. I, okay, here's the thing. I saw some people complaining about this because they thought that it was like big setup, no payoff. But I think what it does, the payoff of it is JJ is now for the first time on the other side of it. Yeah. Where, you know, she goes into danger constantly and it sounds like she doesn't tell him until after the fact. You know, and we see that in Sick Day, that episode, which is season like 11 or 10 or 11, something like that. It's but, somewhere in there, yeah. 
yeah, but like we know that he doesn't know when she's going into danger. Like, yeah. he just finds out afterwards that she could have died that day, you know? So this is the other side of it, where she didn't know Will was sick until it was like right almost there. in the clear. Yeah, like he just has to take some medicine and he's fine. So I thought that was really interesting. And But then she was like, so you're going to tell me next time that you have tests or I'm going to call your mom. Okay. I thought Will's mom died. I thought that was Jones. I thought Will's mom was dead. <laughs> Your note here is just Will has a mom in all caps with four explanation points or four question marks. You're okay, like, here's Will the thing. has a mother? Here's the thing. Okay. Where the fuck was she in Jones? Where I'm- the fuck was she in Jones? I thought there was a throwaway line in there about how she had died a few years ago. Genuinely. I genuinely thought that his mother is never, that's an entire episode about his father and his mother never gets mentioned. And then all of a sudden she's alive. She's alive. And enough of a emotional threat for Will to be like, don't you dare call my mom. Like, (laughs) And he's like, that's a low blow. (laughs) What? Okay. I'm I, for sure. I 100. I am, I am so nearly sure convinced. his mother's dead. I was nearly convinced. I almost rewatched Jones just to see if his mother, <laughs> if there was a throwaway line about how, like, she died years ago. Like, I really thought. I'm so sure. I'm going to look at the Criminal Minds uh, wiki because I'm so fucking sure that his mother is dead. Oh, no, it says little is known about Will's early life. No, we don't know anything about his mother. Interesting. I swear to God his mother's dead. I swear to God she was, like, dead. Listen, I was shocked when Penelope was like, yeah, my parents were killed by a drunk driver. I was like, yeah, they were. No, they weren't. Good job. You remember. You remember. Good job. Good job, you guys. Rossi and Emily are like um in Rossi and Emily are in Rossi's office and Penelope's just in the doorway going, no, 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 no. And I was like, oh my god, Jesus Christ. Woman. That bit went on for just a little bit too long. Just a like, little bit. I was like, you are 46 years old. Penelope Garcia. Girl, you are on this side of 45. You are nearly 50 <laughs> fucking years old. Get it together. This bit went on just a bit too long, girly. I'm like, I get it. Like, 50 is not, like, old in the scheme of things, right? But, like... But this bit gets old real fast. <laughs> Sweetie. Yeah. This bit gets old real quick. Yeah. And then she's like, I'm a little dramatic, but I'm cute. And I was like, okay. Basically, Tyler Green has evidence. Penelope has to process it because if Tyler touches the laptop, then like the chain of custody is broken, which is like, wow, look at you guys talking about chain of custody. I know. Really shocking. Like pot, kettle, like, come Mm -hmm. on. And then uh, Penelope mentions there's a new case she'd rather be working on. And they say, no, go talk to this boy who you will kiss um, tomorrow night. (laughs) Two nights from now, you will kiss him. Anyway. I actually like their. Oh, I've shipped dynamic. them from the get go. I really like them a lot, actually. Oh yeah, no, I truly do enjoy them. 
a lot of that is due to how fucking likable um, the actor for Tyler Green is. Oh my uh, God. Ryan James Hatanaka. RJ? Yes. Fucking great, my dude. You're so fucking good. great, dude. And the fact that they're PJ and TJ. Wait, no. They're PG and TG. It's really good. That's cute. They're cute. cute. I just, I think they're fun. I like them. When he walks in, like, trash to her apartment, he's like, I like the colors. (laughs) It's so cute. I I love that somebody is finally like, yeah, okay, I dig this. Like, the way he's drunk as fuck, but he's still like, I think this is a really cute place. Like, he's just, it's so cute. He's like, he's like a techie guy, right? That's like his thing. Well, he went to jail for a long time. No, he didn't. He, he was in the, the army for a while, and then he did tech in the military, basically. That's right. He did, like, drone tech. So he's, like, a techie guy, a techie government guy, just like her. But he still manages to be hot and, like, a good person, unlike Kevin fucking Lynch. Hate that guy. God, fucking Kevin Lynch. We're so close to meeting him in the show, and I'm very angry about it in season three. Too. Okay, anyway. Anyway. The new case. Bailey's in the room, and Emily's like, I wasn't notified. And he's like, I don't have to fucking notify you. Okay, there's two victims. Claire, who worked for the Department of Education, and Sandra, who was a congressional page. Both of them live in D.C., but the bodies were found in Virginia. They are young, beautiful, early in their careers, and both of their phones were turned off. To which Tara says, um, Gen Zers don't do that. But she is correct. She's like, yeah, okay. I guess so. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Okay. They died by strangulation, but there was also biting before and after they were dead. That's weird. That's suspicious. That's suspicious. That's weird. That's suspicious. <laughs> That's weird. Okay. Bailey, it turns out, they dated briefly. He's like, it was perfectly above board. Um, but, okay. Weird. They dated, and then she was like, we broke up. It was mutual. And Rossi's like, no, dude, she wrecked your whole shit. <laughs> all Bailey's of like, them look at all of them look at this poor guy, and they're like, "Nah, you got your shit wrecked by that woman for sure." Oh, I'm so sorry that your shit was indeed wrecked. It seems like it's still wrecked because here you are. <laughs> okay, Emily takes him to her office. I made some notes about her office. One. There are two pictures on the desk. One is of her mother holding her as a baby, and one is of her at the beach with a man I presume to be her father. So she has a father. So she's it's, not. So, she, so she's not an immaculate <laughs> conception. Confirmed. One local canon. area woman has father. Confirmed. <laughs> it, it is canon that she <laughs> knew her father at least until she was like five or six, and they went to the beach once. <laughs> Truly, we are grasping at straws. Truly, the only thing I can tell you about Emily Brittis' father. Also, she has a big letter P on the top of her bookshelf. It's just like a P. And I literally was like, Penelope. No, Prentice. I was like, why does <laughs> Emily Penelope have Penelope a- absolutely got that for her. 1,000%. Prentice is not black. about to get that for herself. It's it like is something big- that Penelope found at a fucking home goods store and was like, mm. I gotta get this for Prentice. Yeah. It's literally like a giant black letter p the emily was like fine i'll put it on my bookshelf in my office right next to my empty glass vase (laughs) she's so weird she's such a lesbian when it comes to decorating (laughs) she's like i will go approximately halfway there to decorating actually on this wall the vase (laughs) 
<laughs> on this wall, there is a vase and a letter P that my best friend slash person I kiss gave me ne- <laughs> next to the other blown glass blue thing. And then over here above my other bookshelf are my trophies and also a globe. <laughs> it's just really, she was like, what the fuck do people put in their offices? Shit, shit, shit. What did my mom have in her office when I was a kid? Literally. Fuck, fuck. A globe? A globe! Like <laughs> A globe and I guess some... some, And then she has like a, a very much um, stock image of like a city just on the wall in black and white. It's like, okay, I'm ready. She did not change the default no. photo that came with that photo frame for no. sure. No. 100%. 100%. She was like, Penelope, can you give me some decorations? And Penelope's like, I bought you these vases for you to put some flowers in. And she's like, I'm not putting flowers in them. And I bought you this letter P. I'll put it up high. And I got you this frame. You know, it's art. It's already in it, but you should change it. I'm not going to change it. Change it right <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Penelope. Um, okay. So then we learned that Bailey has withholding body language. Um, Which I wanted to talk about this scene because I actually really do enjoy the choice that this actor made in this scene. Mm -hmm. When she, when Emily calls him out for like withholding um, the body language, like she says something like specifically like, did you know you tighten your mouth Mm -hmm. when you lie? You can actively see this actor relax his jaw right then. Which yeah. is such a small little point where it's like, oh, I'm no longer like I can't act like I'm lying. Like it looks like he thinks about it and then does it, which is such like a, it's such a good little choice. Yeah. He's a good actor. Also, he's not gay. This is literally so sad for me, actually. <laughs> I'm holding out hope for a little bisexual pride pin on his jacket someday. <laughs> Is truly, oh my god, oh my god, wait. Okay, season 17, <laughs> Bailey and Reed. No! No! <laughs> no! The two. You hate me! You hate me so bad! You want Bailey, me dead! Bailey's like all stiff with his like gelled hair, and he's like, I have business and I know all the rules, and I got paperwork to do. And then Reed comes in in his like purple scarf. His ill-fitting jacket, his stupid shoes, and his dumb hair. And he's kind of like, I know all the rules too, but I don't like belts. You know? You can't. This is a hate crime. What you've just done to me is a hate crime. I was about to say Nicholas D'Agosto. D'Agosto? D'Agosto? Girl, boy, I don't know how to pronounce your name, but... (laughs) Uh, good job acting. Please be, please, please. I want Deputy Director Doug Bailey to be bisexual. Please. I don't know why. It just feels like I want it to happen so bad. It needs to be. I think in a previous episode we talked about how like Tara's at a call at a bar and she like, gets a phone call and then like looks over <laughs> and Emily is like across the bar and then they like hear another phone ring and they like both turn and there's Bailey at the other like, triangle of the bar and they're all just kind of like. Okay, I'll be right there, bye. (laughs) (laughs) I just think it seems like the kind of thing Criminal Minds would do because they are, like, again, guys, this show's just copaganda, but I think it would be funny if they were like, what if this villain who's not a villain who's actually a really nice guy is bisexual? Like, it just, it feels... (laughs) I feel like... I don't know why. I think it'd be so funny. I feel like the way would actually happen 
is Penelope is like, just because I'm with a man doesn't mean I'm not queer. So she drags Tyler to like a gay bar. And as she walks in, you see like, you catch a glimpse of Tara like turning around really quickly, you know, (laughs) and then like as Penelope moves to the bar, Emily like half spits out her drink and just like puts her hands up in front of her face. You know, like all of them are there, but like, be cool, be cool, be cool. (laughs) Her cover's been blown. (laughs) I mean, like they're all gay. Like they're all gay. It's so funny. I just want, I just want this man to be bisexual. I just think it'd be funny if he was. And I understand if our loyal listeners can't get behind me on this. I understand. But still, I would like for it to happen. Yeah. (laughs) Again, just imagine if it does happen. I will be popping the biggest bottles. Pop, pop. Okay. Bailey is like, fine, we dated. I met her on the Beltway Leap app, uh, which is like a dating app for government employees, and it deletes messages at the end of every session. And it was on all the victims' phones, but it's also on Bailey's. And Bailey's was like, it would be so embarrassing if people found out I used this dating app. That's like, like, that's his fear. It's like, gosh, it'd be embarrassing. But like the only other people on it also work for the government. So, like, I don't know. Okay, so then Emily Emily compares the Beltway Elite app to Raya, which is a real app for celebrities and rich people to date, which had me being like, so you know Raya, but you don't know the Beltway Elite? Emily's like, I'm not going to date rich government people. I'm just going to date rich non-government people. And she's so fucking right for that, actually. No, it's honestly the truth. The only reason you would ever date a rich government person is to get that health insurance. That's it. True. True, true, Like, true. sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The killer is also on the app. Bum, 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 bum. Must work for the government. And Bailey's worried about his reputation. Whatever. And then Emily is like, I'll be discreet and I won't tell anyone if you leave the BAU alone. And he's like, of course. And she's like, see, you were withholding again. And he's like, I said, of course. <laughs> and then he leaves and she immediately is just like huge grin where she's just like, oh my God, that's so She's funny. like, I got his ass. She's so proud. Just so yeah. funny. And then Luke is like, I can understand, you know, dating's hard when you're, you know, you work for the government. And Tara's like, yeah, man, it sucks. And Luke says to JJ, it must be nice to be married. And she's like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so funny. Luke's just like, yeah, dating's kind of hard. And he talks to uh, the queer woman in an, at this point in time, happy relationship. And then the straight, air quotes, woman who it's like the least relationship, like she's the least mm-hmm. personable relationship person ever. Like, Luke, you're, you'd be better off talking to Emily at this point, my guy. <laughs> it's so funny, too, because earlier Luke was like, I don't mess with married women. I'm not going to, like, ruin a relationship. And he, like, won't look at JJ. And now he's like, it must be nice to be married. And she's like, I'd love you to ruin my relationship. <laughs> if you wouldn't mind. Okay. And then they're looking. JJ's like, look at those teeth marks. That's not real teeth. You must have a dental appliance. Uh, Tyler Green arrives. <laughs> Luke is like jealous of Tyler because Tyler is now Penelope's like most hated man. And Luke is just like, 
Oh man, that used He's to like, be that me. was my title. So funny. I just I don't okay. I don't like how they dealt with Penelope and Luke. I'm like, come on. I wish they could have like dated or something. Hi, Kathy. Yeah, I don't um, know why they just decided it didn't work out. <laughs> I know. I was like, they would be so fun together. Literally. Probably because they wanted Garcia to end up with like someone new. With Tyler, which is fair. Yeah. They're cute, but we just we can't have everyone in happy relationships. Penelope has two hands. <gasps> she does. She could have two hands and two hot boyfriends. Oh, Penelope, you deserve it. You deserve it. She has her techie boyfriend and she has her like hunky boyfriend. But both are pretty hunky. I'm not both gonna are lie. Pre- yeah. But Luke is like golden retriever energy. So is Tyler. Honestly, you're so right, two hands. Two hands, two boyfriends. <laughs> She's got her work boyfriend and her house boyfriend. <laughs> you know? Okay. Puts new uh, new definition to the term work husband and house right. husband. Right, exactly. Oh, and I wrote Luke jealous of Tyler being Garcia's most hated. And then I wrote foreshadowing. It was. Um, she kissed him. And then Rossi's going to be the mediator between Tyler and Garcia. And it's very funny. So the offer basically is Tyler helps and then he gets his sentence reduced to time served, which is correct. He gets out at the end of episode six. And then Penelope's like, you can't touch them, the computer. And then Tyler's like, okay, well, you've got to do this and this and this. And Garcia's like, oh, yeah, because I'm a baby. I thought monkeys on bicycles ran the computer. It's like so funny. This and bit does not get old. This bit's a good no. bit, actually. I think it's funny. Yeah, this one's good. And then he says that Tyler says that he's hid all of the files in all of the like text conversations in the system admin files because no one ever looks in them and it's going to take a while to compile them all. And Garcia is like, okay, I have rules though. And rule number one is no talking unless you have to. And then he puts his dirty orange Crocs on the table. Okay. The fucking Crocs. Does the That's US the real crime in this episode. These fucking Crocs. Does the US government have a deal with Crocs for inmates? Like those were fully Crocs. Do they provide Crocs? <laughs> oh my God. Wait, what is this? Why are 34,000 people being forced to wear orange Crocs? <laughs> Do prisoners wear Crocs? You might be surprised. Lightweight, comfortable, and fashionable, Crocs have become a favorite for many people. Yeah, I wouldn't, um, uh... Okay, prisoners wear Crocs as an alternative to flip-flops and other forms of shower shoes. However, the Crocs available in prisons are knockoffs and usually cost about $15. Okay, so the answer is yes, apparently. <laughs> yeah, they wear knockoff Crocs. That's fucking funny. Okay, interesting. Okay, great. Tara and Luke are at the medical examiner. He, The medical examiner is like he cleans the wounds with bleach to get off all the stuff. And then the teeth marks are not real teeth. There's razors on every tooth with the sharpest ones being on the canines. They're horrific and efficient. 
And Tara's like, can you do a 3D model of the teeth? And the Emmy is like, yeah, of course, babe, whatever you want. And then they aren't sure what's used to lighten hair. Later, they say it's like a peroxide acetone mix. So there's that. And then they said that the second body, the appliance of the dye was better and the hair turned out lighter. So this isn't escalating. So there were probably precursor victims to these two. And she calls JJ to look. Great. JJ finds the woman who was his first victim and her name's Jessica. And she's like, it was consensual. It was an occupational hazard. And JJ's like, listen, we don't care that you were a sex worker. Like, we need to know about this guy because of the murder that's happening. And JJ's like, I know that a lot of high-end clients have to sign an NDA, but like that doesn't shield the people from a felony. And Jess says that like, she went to the hospital for her wounds and before the police even got there, his assistant was there and his assistant paid her off. And the police showed up like after that for her to lie. And JJ's like, we can protect you. And Jess is like, bullshit. Okay. Okay. Then they get the teeth mold, the mold of the teeth, and they are choppy boys. They sure are horrific and also very efficient. I would call them horrific and efficient. You know? Yeah. They are. They're like, imagine if those like party city, like vampire teeth, but metal and sharper. Like it's fucked up. I know. Wait till the furries get their hands on those. I was listening to an episode to one of our episodes um, on the way back from work and I had a whole bit where I did talk about furries and so I'm worried now that people are going to think that we're like a furry podcast. No. We're not, but we are a podcast podcast. for for freaks of all sizes. So come Mm -hmm. on, babies, let's go. You know, like. Freaks of all (laughs) sizes. And Even all sizes you- include that big titty horse suit, man. So his signature is the teeth, the blonde hair postmortem, and they have GHB in their system. Okay. They get to mother incredibly quickly. Well, they get to mother specifically by like the hair agent used is specifically used for whitening, not like just bleaching. Oh, so that's how they get there. Because they do a sp- they specifically oh. mention whitening, which is a different process than bleaching. Yes. I guess it is. No, it is. I didn't pick up on that. Thank you. Thank you. You're Elwood. welcome. Beaming it into your brain, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, it must be transference because of like a mom or a grandmother, and then they say edible, and oh my god, and then they continue to say edible. Every three goddamn seconds. Every chance they get. Hey, do you know he has an Oedipal complex? Like, are you kidding? Stop saying it. It's not a real word. It's cuckolding all over again. Oh, my God. Somebody this season was like, guys, what if we got a little weird with it? (laughs) We're on streaming now, baby. Somebody in the writer's room was like, guys, this is a wild thought. And tell me if no, but like, what Mm -hmm. if we got a little weird with it? (laughs) The fact that they had a cuckolding episode and then an Oedipus episode and then they got renewed. (laughs) This is what streaming services need. More freaks talking about freak shit. (laughs) See, this is why we talk about furries so much. (laughs) Be the change you want to see in the world. It's a show for freaks by freaks. (laughs) 
The guy never grew out of his oral phase as a toddler, and that crossed into his love map. That's right, babies. The erotic love map coming back around. <laughs> An erotic love map. I'm afraid to talk too loud because I am indeed at my parents' house. I can't just start shouting like big erotic love horse map. Suit, you know. You don't want to talk about the big titty uh, horse fursuit? Thanks. <laughs> Okay. So I oh I also looked up the oral phase. Basically, it's when toddlers like they're teething and they just put everything in their mouth. Uh, he didn't stop that, I guess. Weird. So yeah, now it became sexual. Weird. I okay. Listen, this is the thing about psychology. It's like literally everything that happens to you and everything you do as a child becomes like how you have sex, which I feel like has to be like over exaggerated it has to be right because like i think about my erotic love map <laughs> uh i can't be like well i never really grew out of my you know anal phase like come on <laughs> what it it seems like we are placing perhaps an undue amount of importance on how people treat you when you're a child versus how people treat you throughout your entire goddamn life. Well, I just think, I think like there are things, you know, like emotionally and that kind of stuff that you are impacted as a child, but like, does that directly track to, and then you become a cannibal during sex? Like I, okay. You know, my mom spanked me too much and now I, choke people it, to death. Like, what? It's so weird. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I just, maybe I haven't read enough textbooks. Anyway, they say his latent psychopathic tendencies grew wild because his mother didn't support him. And then Emily says, the other bad thing is maybe she did. Incest. Thanks, Emily. Thanks, thanks for that one, Emily. And at first, when Emily said that, I was like, you're taking it a little far, Emily. Uh -huh. And then we see these two, and I'm like, oh, no, I get it. Okay, yeah, uh-huh. You, you saw this coming. You saw this uh -huh. one coming down the pipeline real early. You were blessed with the curse of prophecy, my friend. You knew this one. Apollo blessed you that day. Emily, like, she looked at these pictures. She looked at the MO. She looked at the teeth and went, oh, no, mommy issues. <laughs> Oh God! Her little like, her little mommy issues alarm bell started ringing. She's like, "I know what's going on here." She's like, "Listen, I know all about mother issues, and uh, this guy's got them. I know him when I see him. <laughs> real, recognize real, but in a much different way." Yikes! 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 yikes. Okay, so then, can I just say also, Emily Prentice with her gray hair. Ooh, I love it. God, what a milf. God. <laughs> it is truly such a crime. She never got children on the show. I'm uh, not going to lie to you. God damn. So true. Okay. Back to the tied up woman, Rose. The guy's playing music. They're in some like fucking cask of Amontillado wine cellar. <laughs> right? Really like, there's like barrels and like iron, like, candelabras i was like where are we right now <laughs> maybe it's a rich people thing i don't understand i don't know 
Do all rich people have candelabras? Well, I couldn't tell you I'm not a rich people. Oh yeah, the woman is dead, but he is bleaching her hair. Sorry, whitening her hair. Next, okay, next we get Penelope and Tyler. And she's like, how'd you sleep? And he's like, my cell doesn't have a mattress. And she goes, that sucks. I've got a huge bed. <laughs> got a huge bed, very supportive of my back. Memory foam even, like, a heated blanket mm. and everything. Fuck yeah. you. Like. And then she makes, okay, listen. He will bring up the Black Queen. And I'm glad he does, honestly, because she's like, like it's the kind of bed, she's like, it's the kind of bed non-criminals sleep in. And I was like, Penelope, you're an FBI agent because you got caught doing a lot of crimes against the government. So like, you know. I love you, girl, but like. Glass Stones houses. and glass houses. Yeah. <laughs> God, our brains tonight. Unfortunately, very in sync. <laughs> milf on milf crime. Okay. So we learn her rule number two is you have to answer any question I ask. And then she's like, a bunch of hackers would have loved to help you. Why didn't you get help? And he's like, I'm not going to answer that. Why do you like cats so much? Anyway, and foreshadowing. And then we see the questions from Sicarius. And then <laughs> Rossi just walks in like, sup, I read everything last night while you bitches were bickering. Pull up 23, 24, and 25. And then he recognizes that it's the PCLR test, PCL-R test, which is basically a checklist of things to see if you're a psychopath or not. And Sicarius- I love that Penelope, I love how Penelope talks about this. She's like, oh, 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 I know this. Reed taught me about this, mm -hmm, which is mm -hmm. such a little bone to throw to the Reed standings, but also genuinely seems like something that Reed would have just gone on a tangent about and Garcia would have listened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's oh, such, yeah. it's just such a good little moment of like, oh yeah, Reed taught me about this. And then you get like her version of the, Mm -hmm. of of the sit rep of what this is and then rossi sort of like talks about it in a more like formal way right you know <laughs> and i really i really really like this moment actually no, really like good writing i like it a lot and they bring it up because sicarius is using it to screen people and basically like if you fail it you're like a wannabe and you don't get any further but if you you know pass you become part of the inside group and you get a kill kit and he's looking for a pattern of people that have circular traits and all of that, but they're not impulsive and they're not rash and they will listen to rules. So he does this screening and then he manipulates and he controls people. Rossi's phone beeps, we have a new body. It's probably Rose. Okay. There are multiple dump sites now with the bodies. There's three of them, three dump sites. Now they can triangulate where he Handles. Oh my God, Emily is wearing these wide, wide pants. And you know Emily Prentice in wide pants is like kryptonite. For you, Ugh. especially. Girl, a blouse, a nice, nice flowy blouse, the wide pants, the gray hair. Kill me. Okay. It's that standing energy. I'm like getting you're like knees. really yeah. yeah you're like really having a bouncy time right now about <laughs> emily prentice which is I funny am. but i am gonna tell you is gonna make your editing a lot harder because you're just like constantly going back and forth away well from the microphone yeah okay <laughs> so then they talk about why the bodies are there and it's like maybe it's not about convenience which is what when they build like a geographic profile it's like you know they 
probably live or work somewhere inside the circle of where the crimes are committed. Where in this case, it doesn't seem like it's out of convenience because like no one lives around here. It's a bunch of tobacco fields. So it's probably being dumped here for a specific reason. So they're going to do a survey of the property owners in like a five mile, mile radius around the dump sites. Cool. Good work. Everything they say really like makes sense. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, yes. It's one of those, these are two episodes where like, they actually like make logical sense. And I'm like, thank fucking Christ. Yeah. And I like that Emily comes out into the field, you know? Yeah. She finally is outside of the fucking building. Okay. Oh, Will comes to Quantico. Will literally walks in and is like, yeah, I have an inflamed thyroid. I um, just need to take medicine. Uh, You tell me about things. I'll tell you about things. Okay, cool. And she's like, yeah, I'll call you. And he's like, okay, bye. And then he just like leaves. (laughs) <laughs> I kind of like that, though. It's kind of cute. Yeah. Because, like, I like him him trying to get the FaceTime while he can. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. my wife often travels. Maybe today I'll just stop by work to tell her this good news. Mm-hmm. She'll be very excited to hear this. You know what I mean? Like, I really do yeah. like it. Cute husband I, Will thing. I feel like he also probably knew that she was going to need a hug. Yeah. Yeah. It's cute. Sometimes you just want to hug your wife. I don't blame him for that. Honestly, same. Well, you've got some rights in my book right now, my guy, because your accent is a lot less annoying than it usually is. <laughs> you dropped Did you it notice for evolution, that actually. They let, um, they, let, uh, <laughs> yeah. they let Josh Stewart move his mouth this time around? Yeah. Oh, boy, we're in good. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's doing great. Okay, also... Jennifer Jarreau's elf ears every single Full time force. I see her. Oh, they've only got elf ears. She's gotten older, and I love her for that. I'm obsessed with her little ears. Okay. She's okay. so cute, Your Honor. Mm-hmm. Okay, Bailey shows up and is like, hey, I have the significance of the dump site. They're all near properties of Senator Martha Reeves, who, it's Gina Davis, right? The lady? Yeah. It's, um, she is played by Beth Broderick. Oh. She looks just like Gina Davis. Who's Beth Broderick? Oh, she was in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, that's who it is. She's the aunt from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yep. Oh, yes. I saw her and I was like, uh, Zelda Spellman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the original, the the high school Mm -hmm. one. Oh, yeah, that's who it is. I saw her and I was like, is that Gina Davis? No, it's the... Yeah, aunt. no, she she's one of those ladies who has been in a lot of things and you're just like, I know you from somewhere. I know you. Yeah. Okay. Senator Martha Reeves. They're like, is it politically motivated? No, a lot of people don't know that her tobacco farms funded her Senate campaign. But you know who did know? Her son. He's got multiple arrests for possession and assault. He attacked her third husband on the wedding night. And it doesn't get any more edible than that. I think Tara said that. And I was like, okay. We gotta, like, edible is not a word. Every time they said it, I just thought they were saying edible. And I think that's why I was like, yeah, the cannibalism angle of this episode makes sense because they've been saying edible a fuck ton, but they're not. He has an edible complex. He's just really good at making pot brownies. I'm not going to lie to you. He's, just, he's got the good butter and everything. Like, uh, 
Bailey is like, we can't arrest a sitting senator's son. Sitting senator's son. Sitting senator's son. <laughs> Put him under surveillance. Surveil the sitting senator's son. I have a lisp. You ain't gonna get me to try that. <laughs> Dang, I was hoping. Okay. Emily is like, you can either protect the people you serve or protect your ass. You can't do both. And then Bailey's like, Senator's children's have stabs. Talk to them first. And Emily's like, ugh, I roll. Okay. Cut to the assistant throwing open the window shades. And he's like, it's a little early, don't you think? And the guy's like, it's 3 p.m., sir. <laughs> That's sharing to me. <laughs> it's 3 p.m. It's 3 p.m. Like I said, early. Okay. Then they say that we've got word from our friend about the case. I can't just handle it. And then Martha Reeves in the flesh walks in. And she's in like, flesh, but I'm just... in the flesh. Oh, no. <laughs> Took you a bit to process that one, but you look extremely displeased with me. I'm very displeased with you. <laughs> Martha Reeves shows up and she's like, did you RSVP to this event? And he says, no. And she's like, okay, whatever, because I already did it. So don't worry about it, bud. And she is so good at playing this, like, oh, uh huh. She's yeah. a very good actor. Such a good actor. And he's like drinking scotch, like, it's no big deal. And she's like, put the glass down, come over here. And then he like drops to his knees in front of her and she's like petting his head and she orders him to go. And I said, is she a torturing maniac or into him sexually or both? Those are my questions. This scene is just so... Yeah. Great acting from everybody involved, but like... Yeah, no, it's it's great acting, and that's what makes it so terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's not great. She goes upstairs, and the assistant is, like, watching her. The assistant's name is Mitch. It takes us a very long time to learn that, but I'm just going to call him Mitch. His name is Mitch Nevins. Ew. I know. Mitch Weird name. Nevins. I know. I don't know when they ever mentioned his last name, but that's his last name according to IMDb. <laughs> Rossi, Penelope, and Tyler are continuing to go through things. Okay, they're like, how do we get from this screening process, the PCL-R test, to committing suicide for him? And they talk about, like, social engineering, and Penelope's like, Sicarius beat you. He was always ahead. The fake bomb wasn't exposing Sicarius. It was exposing you. Like, you thought he was being careless, but he was just planning. You, like, lost to him. And then Tyler's like, yeah, the same way that I beat you. I searched for the Black Queen. And I got, knew that if I told you that people were going to die, you would definitely help me out. And then Tyler says that he got a hand, his hands on a kill kit because he reached out to Penelope. Which I don't really understand. I kind of zoned out a little bit during their conversation. I'm not going to lie. They just, they have really good chemistry. I didn't need to hear it. 
uh, you, you all what? don't need to say no more. <laughs> You're very pretty. Thank you. You two are very pretty together. Continue. <laughs> like... yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah, so Penelope leaves. Penelope just literally gets up and leaves, which I don't like really understand. Is she like, are we not supposed to talk about the Black Queen? Girl, you're supposed to be there so that the chain of evidence doesn't get broken. You're just leaving him in the room with the computer and everything? Well, Rossi's not even there? Rossi was there. In this scene, I don't think he was. Was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was he just sitting there watching them fight? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then she leaves and he says, you don't know how to quit while you're behind. Which I do like. <laughs> Rossi, three wives, Rossi out here giving some advice to the young Wait, pups. Like behind. Yeah. So good old good. and three wives. <laughs> good old three wives. That's actually very funny. Congratulations. Thank okay. you. I've done a good job today in comedy. I, I got a good grade in being funny, something mm-hmm. that is totally reasonable and normal to want to achieve. <laughs> yep, exactly. Okay, then, but I don't know why she's so upset about this. Like, that he found her through her being the Black Queen? I read that more as her being upset that he's the one who brought her back to the FBI. He, oh, it was like a she reminder. She doesn't want to be there. She's trying to move on with all the, like, pretty, like, the making a social media website and, like, being like somebody totally different, like having a totally different screen name, like that sort of thing has weight. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when you've had a screen name or you've had, uh, I hate calling it this, but like a hacker tag for so long, that like is just another facet of your identity, right? And so like yeah. him being able to find her through that like old piece of her identity that she has like discarded and she like left behind during the Black Queen episodes. Mm-hmm. A lot of those episodes I read has her like trying to finally leave this whole identity behind and become somebody new. And she tried to do that again after the series and she tried to reinvent herself again and become somebody different, but then he just fucking dragged her back into it. Yeah. And she didn't want to. You know? That's true. Ben's assistant walks in, Mitch, and just walks in. And Tara's going to go talk to him. And he's like, I want full immunity. I've done things you'll never understand, he says. And she shows him the pictures of the dead girls. And he's like super into it, apparently. And they're like, oh, my God, it's a partnership. This assistant just like disappears. Cle- he just goes to jail and that's that. Yeah. And it clearly was like not a partnership. So then they're talking about how... Um, they're talking about how Ben doesn't know what the assistant does. Like, but he has to, right? He has to. I think. I think the assistant is trying to be like Ben doesn't know what I get up to. I'm the one doing it. I'm taking the fall, and they're like, "That's not true." So they arrest him, and Luke and JJ go to search his car, and it's empty except for the box of teeth. And they're like, "That was too easy to find." And, like, he came close to incriminating himself a few times, but he never actually did. And then it's, like, he was never at the um, 
dump sites, he just was like around and he's been watching, but he didn't do anything. And he's like, they're like, he's just the fog guy. It's a smoke screen. And then Ty's like, why are you even covering for this? And then JJ's like, oh my God, Jessica, who is the woman who they talked to earlier. So they go to the garage, a parking garage, and Ben grabs her, puts a gun to his head, like reveals the bite scars. She gets a call from an unknown caller and it's Penelope like pinging her cell phone. JJ and Tara are two minutes away already, which is okay. And then she's like, I didn't, I promised I didn't tell them anything. And he's like, yeah, but you could. So he's going to shoot her. But then he doesn't. And then we see him typing in 911 into the Beltway Elite app, which I was like, oh my God, that's how like they're communicating. He made this app. So like, that's, you know, that's how he's talking to all of them. Really interesting. It's really good. I actually I actually enjoy this. Yeah. I really enjoy it. Yeah, I liked that they did this with the app. I like that they cuz they've been showing us this like super secret app now. Yeah. And I like that they commit or I like that they decided that it was going to be like Benjamin's thing and this is where I realized that Benjamin is the one he this is who he was talking to earlier in earlier episodes where you know remember that phone call he had where he was like send me that same amount of money as you did last time and I'll bump you up the list that was this guy oh yeah yeah his benefactor and they talk about it later he would have needed a benefactor and it made me be like that makes sense because he was like I need to do one thing first was one person before you and that person was Tyler Green and then Benjamin started killing so I thought that was really interesting okay Luke is talking okay (laughs) okay so they arrest Ben Luke is talking to him Bailey is so mad Bailey walks in and is like what the fuck are you doing you arrested him I can't believe you We'll all get fired. And Emily's like, don't worry about it. (laughs) Don't worry about it. And, you know, Emily is like, tell me about Claire. You know, not just like that you met her on, not just, tell me about Claire. Not just that you met her on the app, but like, what was she like? You know, he's using the app to hunt people. So I need victimology and you knew Claire. So you, you could tell me about that. Claire was young, determined, and had a good relationship with her family. And that's when Emily's like, oh, I've got to be... Okay, Emily's like, I'm going to go be mommy. But Emily literally, like, she takes her jacket off. She takes her jacket off, and then she unbuttons her top button, and Bailey literally goes, the fuck? (laughs) He is so offended. He's like, what the fuck are you doing right now? Like, literally, she unbuttons her top button, and he literally out loud goes, the fuck? And she's like, Which, I've like, got to be mommy. <laughs> she's just like, I've got to go give him what he wants. Mommy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, honestly, yeah. respect to Bailey for this one. My guy? Me too, dude. Somebody starts just unbuttoning their shirt. And also, there are multiple buttons that she undoes. She undoes her shirt 
down to like bra peeking out levels. And oh, it's yeah. like, what? We're just it's- in the office. What are you doing? <laughs> like, I mean, I guess from his point of view, it's like she arrested someone and then she's like, we're not going to get fired. Tell me about your ex. <laughs> Okay, thank you. Now I'm gonna undress. Unbutton my shirt. Like, <laughs> yeah, how's just he... having the most fucking whiplash ass day. Like, like how is he supposed to take that, Shirley? Your fucking chiropractor is gonna be busy next time you go in, <laughs> dude. Yeah, and then I wrote, "Oh, he's like, you can't go in there." And you, you see Luke, and you hear from behind him her being like, "Say that to me again, and I'll cut your balls off and feed them to you." And Luke is just like, good luck. <laughs> Luke is fully on board immediately. He theoretically does not know the game plan going in. Yeah. He's just like, this is Emily. <laughs> like, all right. I just like, like <laughs> Emily is like, do that again and I'll feed you your fucking balls. And Luke's like, this is going to be good. Good luck. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to have some good entertainment tonight. Cheers, bitch. Yeah. And he just leaves. Yep, 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 yep. And Emily walks in, all milfified, of course. And she's like, wow, since I stopped dyeing my hair, I've gotten so much attention. My son hates it, but fuck him, right? And the dude's like, um, what? And she's like, ugh, he's such a pathetic waste of space. And then the guy starts, oh no, she calls the unsub a pathetic waste of space. And then the unsub starts naming bodies from the shipping container, and they're not public. And he gives them a new location, Whitfield County in Georgia. There's another box full of surprises. And then a lawyer shows up. And the senator shows up and she and Emily like exchange glances. And sen- the senator is like, oh no, he- she knows about the mommy issues. It's so funny. There is. They like stare at each other for a while. Yeah, it's kind of long. It's like a little bit of like a MILF on MILF moment. I mean, like, truly, though. Like, actually, though. It's too much. It's too much. It's truly MILF on MILF crime. That's the name of this episode. We really hit that early, this one, this app. Yeah, huh? We I really uh, got that in one. Yep. And so they're talking, and they're like, can he be Sicarius? And it says, no, he was in school in England during these crimes. You know, but clearly he's integral to the network because he knows all of this. So Bailey's like, oh, no, everything's over. And Emily's like, no, it's not. Okay. Tara goes to Mitch and it's like, Benjamin confessed, threatened to, I'm going to threaten to arrest you as an, I'm going to arrest you as an accomplice. And Mitch is like, there's no justice in this country. It's always been a kleptocracy. Now take me to jail. Which Which, like, like, (laughs) <laughs> you're not wrong king I mean, but no. also you did assist in some murders so yeah. i can't just be like go off king because of the murders yeah it's very good okay and then they're like okay mitch isn't gonna talk the reeves family's gonna bail him out who cares and jj's like they're already searching over in georgia luke and jj are gonna go and then emily's like go look for chats okay Rossi, oh, so Penelope's gone. She didn't come back. And Rossi's talking to Tyler about Ben. And they're like, does a wannabe cannibal ring a bell? And Tyler's like, actually, kind of. Look for the word overbite. 
And so we find out that Ben is Sicarius's benefactor, giving him all this money. And in return, Sicarius made him the bitey teeth. Which is like, ugh, goodness. God. Ugh. Those Jesus. fucking teeth, dude. Those fucking teeth, dude. I don't like. They're probably so heavy. Every time I saw them, I was like, that must be so heavy. But like, okay. that's part of why it fucking works. It tears, dude. You bite yeah. down. That's some force. You Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. Okay. So then Sakari, or not Sakari's. Okay. So then Tyler is like, I didn't get invited into the private forum. I don't know where it is. No one knows where it is. And they're like, well, we're going to have to get Penelope's help. So you're going to have to go apologize to her. And Tyler's ugh, annoying. Penelope's in her office, pouting, angry typing. And then there's like knocking and knocking. And he's like, the door's locked. Um, he doesn't have a key card, so it's not, you know, she recognizes his voice and they're talking between the door and he's like, I, I didn't just go after you because you were the Black Queen. I went after you because you were the best. Great. They, can I say, this fucking mm-hmm. romance trope cliche of them talking through the door, I'm not going to lie to you, oh I eat it up every goddamn time. Every I time. eat that shit for breakfast. God, I love oh. that shit. I eat oh, yeah. that shit up. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, no, it's so good. It's so good. Okay. And then, oh my god, okay, he got her a present. It's a cat. Like, there was a cat it's in that fully box. a little black cat, which is fully. so cute. Absolutely. It's so cute that Rossi was like, you need to go to her with a peace offering. Tyler was like, uh, what the fuck do I get? And Rossi's like, say no more. I've got it. And he just goes and adopts a cat on a... Like, it's just so funny to me. It's... I'm... No. And she names the cat the Black Queen. Which is so cute. And also, in my TED Talk, this is when she reclaims her old identity and she fully realizes that the BAU can't do what they do without her. Also, that she is... She's the Black Queen, but she's also helper cat, whatever, and she's also Penelope Garcia, and she is all of these things, and they can all be true at the same time, and this episode's about her reclaiming her identity. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Goodbye. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I have a note here. She's holding this cat. It is purring so loud. As it should be. Cats fucking love Penelope Garcia. But I was just like, did they add in the purring? Or was the cat just purring so loud the fucking boom picked it up? The cat was purring so loud, but I think it probably got picked up on her microphone. Because that's usually like right there. And that's near where she was holding the cat. But also I love the idea that this little trained stage cat just really liked Kristen Vang's nest. It's just like, yeah, I'm happy to be here, guys. What's yeah. up? Like, Absolutely. I was just like, that cat is so happy to be there. So true, little stage cat. Hold up. Now I have to see. Did they put the cat in the credits? I thought they should have. Hold up. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. I don't know what the cat is. Okay. We will appreciate the cat. I will appreciate the cat, and I will try and find who the cat is. Weird. Okay. Usually they have it in the extended credits. Anyway, sorry. Let's continue. 
Bailey and Emily are talking to Reeves, the senator. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Emily walks in and is like, oh, you wanted to see me? And then the senator is just like there. And then Bailey is like, were you pretending to? And then the senator is like, were you pretending to be me? <laughs> were you being me? I can tell a MILF when I see one. I can tell a bad bitch when I see one. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. God. Ugh, love that bitch. So, um, <laughs> I know a bad bitch when I see one. The senator says, you're going to drop the charges. Or I'm going to take your whole budget. I, I, I can delete a branch of the FBI with a snap of my fingers, which I feel like is not true or that would have been threatened by a senator before. But like, okay. And then I said, why is no one talking about Emily's connections? Yet again, this would be a perfect time for her to be like, okay, I'll call my mom. <laughs> you want to fucking fight? We'll fight. We'll like... fight. Yeah. So then Emily is like, Bailey, think about Claire. And then Bailey is like, we have to let Ben go. Oh my God, Emily's face, the rage, the simmering rage in her face. I was like, thank God she still has it. Like that Emily is fucking fierce. God, yes. Angry MILF Emily is just so... She's just so... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's very... Mm-hmm. I'm fucking gay, bitch. I'm so fucking gay, dude. Okay. Women. 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 <laughs> you know that uh, that little woman meme? Women. Women. Absolutely. Okay. Reeves is like, well done to Bailey. But then Bailey, like, isn't happy about it. Like, I feel like Bailey did the, you know, quote unquote, right thing for his career. But then he, like, it didn't feel good to him. And... Yeah, I think it didn't feel good for him, but I also think that's when he decided that he was going to do anything he could to actually help the BAU. I think this, yes. this is the moment where he was like, fuck, I just betrayed my people. Like, I, they're all annoying assholes, but they're my annoying assholes. Like, fuck. Yeah. You know, I think that's well, like, this is a good moment for him. Yeah, and I think also that he promised to stay out of the BAU's way and let them do what they're going to do. And in that moment, he didn't do that. You know, like he didn't keep his promise. So I think he like, he broke his promise. He, yeah, betrayed his team and it didn't feel good. And he was like, okay, I have to help them. Like I have to do this. Because, like, I, I can tell this is bad. Do you think this is also when he started thinking of the BAU as, like, his team? Yeah, I think he finally, like, felt like he and Emily were on the same side. And yeah. then he did something that made her upset with him. And he was like, shit, you know. And I think also, like, I think he probably really appreciated that she was honest with him the whole time like she was she like got in his face was like no i know who you really are i know what you want i know what you're scared of you know get it together and he probably has never had anyone stand up to him like that and he's probably never had to like face his lack of experience in certain areas and so he like has come to respect emily and so when he disappointed her he didn't like how bad it made him feel 
I feel like Bailey is like he's never had a people before. Yeah, that's what I was also just thinking. I'm like, this might be the first time Bailey's had like a team that he actually cares about. Yeah. Because like everything, every way that he's been described to us previously has been just like the spreadsheet number crunchers guy, the efficiency expert. Like Mm -hmm. this is him going, maybe there's something more important than efficiency. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like Emily doesn't want a thing from him, you know, like she wants him to let her do her job, but she's not like using him for anything and she's not trying to like yeah climb the you know ladder or anything like that and he can like trust that when she talks to him she's being honest and upfront i don't think he's probably ever had that before yeah do you think mm, mm, hmm. i feel like your brain just went where my brain went Emily Prentice, Doug Bailey as a mother-son unit, like mirroring oh. the the good side of mother-son relationships versus Senator Reeves and Benjamin doing the bad side of that whole thing. Our, our brain didn't go to the same place. Okay, good. I just think maybe that's... Because he's about the same age as Benjamin, and she's about the same age as the... She's a little younger than the senator, but... It about matches up. It's a very, I don't know. Maybe there's something there. Maybe it's like a mirror, a mirror warped, you know, kind of thing. I just think maybe there's something there. Or. I kind of ship it. No, no, (laughs) no, no, no. I can see you going to our friend's Discord server and I can see you typing. And I want to just say before you do that, no. No, 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 absolutely not. No, sirree. Bailey isn't happy. Let's go back to that. He stares forlornly after Emily. Okay, all joking aside, I I do think you're right that Bailey and Emily are having this kind of mother-son relationship where she's like teaching him to be open-minded and teaching him that it isn't about business it's about he just he doesn't have that kind of support he doesn't have that experience of an older person helping him with his career he's kind of always been that young upstart so ben and the senator go home and she starts taking off her jacket and he runs over and like helps her take her jacket off and like very clearly he is like some sort of like servant son husband amalgamation is terrible yeah except she turns around and she's like oh sicarius is at the top of the stairs with a gun just sort of like hanging out there yeah just hanging out he's in the house and he's got his gun and he's like when ben types 911 in i come running and i was like what and he's like pointing the gun at, at the mom and Ben's like not going to stop him from shooting. And she's like, I love you. And he's like, say it again. And she's like, I love you. And he's like, even now you're lying. Oh. Mm. And then Sicarius goes, you can have five minutes. And he's like, I don't have my teeth. And Sicarius says, you don't need them. She's your mom. And then he like fully bites the side of her face off. Yeah. 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 Her face is is gone. 
Her face is gone. Yeah, and then Emily is standing there and Bailey walks over and Emily's like, yeah, I mean, you let them come home together and now they're dead. So you thought Good job. We were gonna, you thought we were going to have a scandal because we arrested the son. What about the son killing his uh, mom, the senator? Yeah. So stay the fuck out of my way, bitch. <laughs> it's very much like a, do you see what happens when you don't fucking take my advice? You see what happens when you don't fucking listen to me? Like, it's very, again, <laughs> MILF crime. MILF crime. Honestly, she's pulling the, like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then we find out that Reeves' jet has left the hangar and they can't track it, but they're going to get the location. Okay, we cut to Tyler and Rossi and Penelope working on the computer again. And Tyler's just like sitting there holding the kitten. And Rossi is like... It's really funny, actually. He's like, I don't like cats. And Penelope's like, "Mm, I don't think... I think you do. I think you do. (laughs) Doubt. (laughs) Press up to doubt. For real. And she's like trying to find the files and stuff, but it's taking her a while. And then she realizes that the Beltway Elite is the secret forum. The dating app that Benjamin created. But I think what's interesting is it's clear that like Benjamin didn't create it, right? It was definitely Tyler. And Benjamin just like said it was him. Because how is Benjamin going to know about coding like that? It was like definitely Tyler. And they figure out how to get in. Or not Tyler, Elias. Yes, Elias. Thank you. Lee. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Sorry, you just said Tyler. And I was like, yeah. And then I was like, wait. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I was looking at it on the Google Doc. Okay. Tara says that JJ and Luke go to Georgia. And they're going to, f- and they're, oh, no, no, no. Tara tells us that Ben went to Georgia. And they're like, that's weird. Why would they go to the place where they said there was this evidence? You know, they told us to go to Georgia and they're going to Georgia. That's weird. So they realize that Ben is a patsy, but he's too dumb to figure it out. Like he's just doing whatever Sicarius says, but like he's going to die. So then Ben is like, I can get us to a country that doesn't extradite. It's going to be great. And Sicarius is like, shut up. And he gets a phone call that the Beltway elite was breached and he like shuts it down. So you know, they find the forum, they're talking about murder and rape and biting and all of that. And then a screen pops up and it's like, fuck you, try again. And Penelope's Which is, like, by the way, such a funny yes. screen. Because it has, the screen has like, it has like a picture of like, it's like three dudes. Yeah. Is it those three? I think it's, it's. It's for sure Ben, and it's for sure Elias, maybe? I'm not sure. I didn't recognize them. It's Ben on the far left. I just don't recognize here. It's it's this photo. I don't know, and I don't think it's Tyler. I don't think it is, either. So it's Ben and then two other people. But that's definitely Ben on the left, right? Yeah, I'm not insane. That's for sure him. Yeah, I think it is. Luke and JJ arrive. Oh, Penelope's, Penelope says, how did he know we were in the website? He got like a phone notification. Like Penelope, have, 
do you why don't you have this on your site when someone yeah what's up like it that this feels like it's not like it's like yeah of course he knew you went into the sysadmin files of his thing like it's fairly it's a fairly common practice for there to be like an alert set whenever somebody opens a certain file you know what i mean yeah if someone opens and they shouldn't like yeah no duh no shit bud that was weird i don't know i just don't know why she was like how did he know clearly he's a good hacker like that's like the whole thing anyway jj and luke arrive at the box okay it's the okay it's the middle of the night and they're like i don't feel like waiting and so they descend into the box that's like buried in the middle of the fucking night alone they're in the forest and they like call for like backup to see where backup is. Backup is still like 20 minutes out. So they're like, do you want to wait? I don't want to wait. So they like put on their like body cams, which are like sat linked to the to Quantico. I don't see. They're just going out in the middle of nowhere. Like they got told to search every inch of Whitmer County. No, no they- matter what. Right. Rossi says they found two doors in the ground and like tells them where. And then they just sort of go. Why? Why? Why, 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 why? The last the last time JJ did this, she and Reed got locked in like an airtight room and almost died. JJ like, does this a lot. <laughs> okay. JJ okay, also, JJ calls Will. And gets the voicemail. It rings like once. And she gets her voicemail. And she's like, just calling to say I love you. Okay, bye. And I literally was like, JJ, why are you the worst at this? But she's trying. This is not the kind of thing I would want to leave on voicemail, honestly. I mean, that's fair enough. And he and he does say later, you know, I just missed it. Like, you called me. I just missed it. It's also like, I would, okay, personally, I would rather have a voicemail from my significant other. If if she died, I would rather have a voicemail of her just being like, hey, babe, just want to say I love you. Bye. Kind of thing. Then her being like, hey, babe, about to head into this, like, weird container in the ground. Love you. Bye. You know what I mean? Like, that's fair i guess morbid thought but sure morbid thought but the morbid thought but morbid thought comma but okay so she's like i love you whatever they have their body cams tara rossi penelope and emily are watching from the round table Bailey comes in and Emily's like, you have any orders, chief? And he's like, no, do your thing. And JJ and Luke going in and it's way down. And this is, we have seen Securius in here before. This is where, this is where he always is. And where he was building the bomb. We saw him building the bomb. And we hear the bomb sounds the like tick 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 and emily's like get out of there and luke's like it's a bomb jj go and then they run outside there's explosions and and emily is like jj luke jj luke guys guys please and it's just like the the 
the sat footage is just static. static. Which is so good. They continued this static sound effect, by the way, until for like five more minutes until the very end of the episode. And when they do the cut to black to be continued, it's just that static sound. It's like, oh. No, it's literally. That's TV right there, baby. That's television. That's television, baby. (laughs) Hilarious. I just like, oh, God, no, it got me. I mean, I know they're going to be fine, obviously, but it's like, how fine? Are they going to be okay? Um, Spoiler alert, they're both like absolutely fine, actually. They're super fine. The explosion is so big, it like took out the cell towers. Like, eight, like you know, a good distance away, but JJ and Luke are just like, fine. They don't lose their hearing. There's nothing, no injuries. Well, JJ kind of just... does for a little bit, but yeah, right. they, There's like they're nothing. totally fine. Yeah, they're totally fine. Okay, end of episode five. Great, episode six. Shoot conviction. This one will be fast. Wait, we did to... we say? They did say wheels up in this episode, finally. No, it's next episode. Is it really the next one? Yeah. yeah. It's when JJ, it's like literally the beginning of the next episode. Oh, okay. Sorry, yeah. continue then. That's okay. Episode six, True Conviction. The flashbacks we get are to Sicarius's like ghost mentor that he sees, the general plot, Tyler Green and his sister, Tara and Rebecca. And then when Sicarius is on the phone and he's like, do what I tell you, Benjamin, the rules are there for a reason. Follow them and you won't have to put a gun to your head. And then the stuff from last episode. It was a pretty long flashback. Okay. We see the smoldering area. The cameras are dead. Penelope is like, I can reestablish the uplink. And then she runs to her office and Rossi's like running after her. It's like, it was really <laughs> Doing cute, this actually. old man running. <laughs> like literally. Okay. Uh, JJ's camera's working and then it cuts to her with her ears ringing and she's like standing up. I wrote, it's so fucking dark. I hate this show. It is like pitch black. This scene. Yeah. And I hate it. I couldn't see anything. So then um, she can't find Luke. She's like walking around and looking. And this is where Emily says, we have to get to Georgia. And she looks at Bailey and she's like, it's time. And they're going to take the jet. And she's like in Emily's in the elevator and she goes wheels up and then like raises her eyebrow. I Okay. Okay, Penelope Penelope runs up to them as they're on the the elevator and they're like mm-hmm. she's like bring them home and Emily's like of course we will wheels up and then raises her eyebrow and it's such a moment of corny fan service but it does make me giggle. It does make me giggle and kick my feet just a little bit. I mean it was literally the fan it's a fan service we have a whole entire fucking chart for so I can't be mad Exactly. About it. Like this is fan service via our uh <laughs> Via our spreadsheet, like yeah, insane. I love spreadsheet fan service. We love spreadsheet fan service. Good day for this podcast. Number one, this is a very good episode. Number two, yeah. I mean, this episode of our podcast is very good, but these episodes of Criminal Minds are okay too. But like, also, we get a wheels up. Like, come on, yes, nothing yes. but wins for us recently. Nothing but wins. Although they don't say the episode names, which is unfortunate. Yeah. But the rest of it's pretty good. 
Continue. Okay. We're doing it. We're doing the damn We're thing. Doing it. They get on the. Oh, I said, why are they making the jets such a thing? Like, I know the joke is like it's the you know the extra teammate and all this kind of stuff, but it was like. Bum, bum, bum. We're getting on the jet. And then the jet scene is three seconds long. Emily like looks over at Tara and Tara's like all sad. And Rossi's like disassociating. Boom. Done with the jet. And I was like, okay. <laughs> they got an upgrade though. The jet looks nice. It does look nice. They do it talk about it later. got deep cleaned, I guess, while they were. <laughs> I guess refurnished. While it was away. Yeah. Okay. So then JJ is like wandering in the fog. She finds Luke. She goes, agent down. And I was like, Bestie, you were also blown up in a bomb, but okay. You were also an agent down. You just managed to get up a little faster. Yeah, but you're still down. And then we see Sicarius is in a car watching this all. And he calls his wife and he's like, I have to say in Georgia, the job's a little complicated. But like, they promise to be a big Christmas bonus. And he, okay. Then he opens up his iPad and he looks up Falls Lake, North Carolina. And the um, formatting of the screen is messed up. I added, I included it. It's such a weird. No, it's so weird. This man looking at Falls Lake, North Carolina for fucking ever. And I'm just like, can you not do a regular like Google Maps thing? Yeah, it was really interesting. He's looking for driving routes. Okay. We cut to the boy running, a boy running through a field. And I was like, is it a young Sicarius? Yes, it is. Then a man chases him, knocks him out and puts him in a truck. And the license plate is North Carolina. So that's why he's headed there, I guess. And then they like, don't show this, but he gets transferred to like a box. He's like in a box for a while. With a dead cat? Yeah. With a dead cat. And they like don't talk about this, but this is a young Elias and it is pretty fucked up, gang. Pretty fucked up. And he keeps like getting his food. And then one day he just wakes up and he's like in a shack in a bed. And we learn that this is the man. He's his uncle. We like learn it later. And he talks about some experiment about like learned helplessness. And I was like, I don't know what this is applicable to, but okay. And then the parents are dead and the dead is like either you go to the state or you live with me and like you're gonna live with me great and then it flashes back to him and it's like Sicarius is there and he just like drives away (laughs) okay 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 we need to talk about this so JJ and Luke are fine Emily shows up and hugs Luke but doesn't hug JJ and this has become such like a big thing in the fandom of like why didn't she hug JJ and Paget responded to a tweet about it and just said, like, you know, hugs are short in the field. So it was brief. But it was like, but she did hug Luke. Like, it's weird that she, like, wouldn't hug JJ. But when I watched the episode, like, I knew about that beforehand. And when I actually watched the episode, it, like, didn't feel that weird. Also, like, other people were hugging JJ while Emily was hugging Luke. So, like, I don't know. It didn't feel, like, weird. And, like, JJ got up right away. Luke was the one who was, like, unconscious on the ground. So, like, I get it. Yeah, it didn't feel weird once I, like, watched it, you know? It's also so, such a non-thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? When I gang, heard it, like, out of gang, context. Gang, I really hate to break it to you. Uh, Gemily's never going to happen. Never. Absolutely never going to happen. 
no matter how much Paget loves it on Twitter, <laughs> it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. I mean, Paget said like, hey, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't want it to happen. There's no way it could happen now that would be satisfying in any way. Exactly. So it's never yeah. going to happen. It's never going to happen. So let them all see in a gay club and then let them reenact Don't Ask, Don't Tell. <laughs> They're reinstating it just for the beauty. <laughs> Literally just like D-A-D-T, the text of the group chat. <laughs> D-A-D-T. <laughs> and everyone's like thumbs up emoji on it, you know. Yeah. Just not going to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. So. They hug. Oh, and then Luke is like, he didn't want to kill us. You know, he called the bomb twice. Once was a warning and to get us out of there. And then it blew up. And Emily's like, okay, so what? It's too bold to kill FBI agents. You know, but he timed it perfectly. He has to be close by. So they're going to like, you know, scout. Tara and Rossi end up comforting JJ. So then the police show up and JJ and Tara go out with them. They find a car and Ben is dead inside with a gun. And JJ's like, this isn't suicide. Like this was staged. He wants us to think that you know, Ben is Sicarius and he's doing this. But it's not. This guy's going to tie off loose ends and then he's going to lay low for a while. And Rossi says it's super weird that like this was his buried treasure. This is where all of his trophies are. But he blew it up to avoid getting caught. So like somebody or something made this guy very good. And then we see Sicarius listening to country music and disassociating while he's driving. And then we see him as a kid playing the same music, sitting in the back of his uncle's truck. And it like cuts to the guy training him where, you know, there's no signs, there's no road marks, there's nothing to tell them where they are, but this guy knows exactly where they are. So like, this is the best place to hide it because no one is going to come looking, but I know. And then they like bury a body together. Yeah, this mentor, by the way, his name is Cyrus Lebrun. So just so we know his name, his name's Cyrus. This is uh, Elias's uncle, question mark? Male relation? Who knows? But yeah. I think we learn later it's his uncle, but it's it's not super, super clear. Yeah. I I just want to know so we could like, I just want to know his name so that we could stop just saying the man, you know? Yeah. Sorry, what was his name again? Cyrus. Cy- okay, it is Cyrus. That's what I thought. They talk about Cyrus later. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to say that this kind of goes to our whole thing about, like, we didn't want Sicarius to just be, we didn't want Elias to just be, like, some guy who happened to have superhuman killing powers. Like, I'm so happy we got to see the training and to know that he was, like, trained and created into this person and that's how he knows how to go on and do that to other people it makes it feel a lot more real yes yeah and then there's also some implied inherent violence i think the uncle implies later that elias is the one who killed his parents Because he says, like, let's let's not forget why you're, you know, here in the first place. Like, I didn't teach you. It's genetic. So that was interesting. That was interesting. It was implied that he was always violent. And this guy just, like, taught him what to do with that. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we see people taking stuff out of the exploded storage unit, you know, and there's a kill kit box in there and all of that. Bailey calls to tell Emily that, like, people want to say that Ben is Sicarius because if it's not, then we let someone go who ended up killing a sitting senator. We need to do it. This, the attorney general wants to shut it down. And the Emily's consequences like, of Bailey's actions are catching up with him. Good job, bud. Good job. A plus work, bud. When will you learn that your actions have consequences? Yeah. And so he's like, look, listen. But this is where he has like a redeeming moment. And he says, give me proof that Ben is insecurious and we will go make the case to the attorney general. And everyone's like, Emily's like, oh, gosh, okay. And then they find But yeah, pictures. I do like it that he's like, I want to help. You just need to give me something here, gang. Yeah. I think it's adorable. No. I think it's interesting that they're giving Bailey this kind of like redemption arc. You know, he's he's getting it now. He's getting what the BAU does. Yeah. 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 Okay, we find pictures in the kill kit. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, and this is, okay. We find the pictures in the kill kit. Great. Penelope gets like, there's still DNA testing all of these bodies. Still DNA testing all these bodies. And finally, they DNA tested a body and it's Allison Green. Proof that Tyler's sister is dead and that Sicarius did it. So Tyler can be released from jail. And... It's sad, though. Like, it's, like, nice that he had the confirmation. Like, he was right. Sicarius did kill his sister. But at the same time, it's, like, there goes the last hope that my sister is alive. Yeah. Yeah. Bad day for Tyler. Bad day for Tyler Green. So, we see the jet. And it's nice. Okay. And it's Emily a nice says, jet. It's a nice jet. And Luke is, like, they cleaned it for us. <laughs> I yeah, love the different. idea that the fucking BAU never fucking cleaned their stupid jet. Nope, it's crazy. It was like a frat house in college. You know they never cleaned that thing. No, and why would they? <laughs> this is the first the jet has been cleaned in literal years, and that's why it looks so nice. Yes. They're like, wow, it's clean. <laughs> <laughs> when you know there was some underpaid cleaning staff who was just like losing their fucking minds with the fucking like deep cleaning vacuum and shit. Like. Uh, yeah. Carpet cleaner, hands and knees scrubbing. And to the like, you know what? We'll replace the seats. <laughs> we're just gonna we're just gonna replace the seats. The we're table is also out. unsalvageable. We're gonna need to get a different wood top table here. Mm-hmm. Make sure we coat it this time, gang. Yeah, we need that, that coating. It's so important. <laughs> That's just lack of this shit. Yeah. So then Emily says politics is the problem. And I'm like, again, I'm like, where's Emily and her connections? Like, that was the whole thing. Okay. There were six stalker photos that they found. One of them is Maria Jones. Her DNA was not in the locker, but it did correspond to a crime and her body was found 20 years ago outside Raleigh, North Carolina. And her boyfriend, Silvio Herrera, confessed. And he's 
on death row. Okay, okay. Real quick. Mm-hmm. So he's been on death row for 20 years. And they said, like, he wasn't executed because COVID, but now North Carolina lifted the COVID restrictions. So, like, now he's going to be killed in 48 hours. And I was like, how convenient that, like, they have a countdown timer on a 20-year-old murder case. Like, how do it you It reminds manage- me a little bit of... Um, Ride the Lightning. Ride the Lightning. Yeah. yeah. And no, it like, definitely does. That's very convenient, isn't it? Yeah. It's just... I was just like, okay. That's annoying. <laughs> like... It's 20 years ago, but now we have 48 hours. I know. Okay, I know. So then, like, they're looking at the the evidence used to convict him, and he was convicted because he confessed. But, like, the murder on the clock at the banks, at the bank that, like, Maria Jones, that the picture's in there, it says 143. But the prosecutors say that she was killed before midnight and how would that be possible if she was on the street at 143 and they said it was like an early killing before the shipping containers and he must have convinced the boyfriend to confess like sicarius must have convinced the boyfriend to confess because otherwise like why would you take the fall for this sylvia herrera the boyfriend is going to be transferred to quantico because the BAU has a prerogative to interview death row inmates, which is literally by the lightning. Emily was Yeah, like, we see them use this quite often, actually. They do this yeah. quite a few different times, which I do enjoy. Yeah, like super randomly. and But it's good. You're right. So Emily's going to invoke that right, and they have 48 hours. Tara walks away, and Emily follows her. And Emily's like, hey, there's a R. Wilson as the prosecutor on this case. And Tara's like, yeah, it's my girlfriend, Rebecca. This is the case that launched her career. And so you're like, uh-oh, oh no. And Tara's like, but don't worry, I can still talk to him. And Emily's like, no, you're just going to watch because we don't want to do too much, you know? And then we see Tyler walking out of a room. He's not in orange. He's being released with no charges. And... Tyler's like, but wait, don't I still, don't you still need my help? And Penelope's like, well, we've kind of hit a wall. So like, uh. and Tyler's just like, huh. And he leaves and he's like, thank you, Penelope, for everything. And she's like, you shouldn't be alone. You shouldn't do it. Um, but he leaves. And then everyone comes back and JJ and Luke are there and Penelope hugs them. And it's like, my hearts, you're alive. Which is like adorable. Silvio Herrera is in the interrogation room. Emily's like, hey, look, it's Maria. Oh, yeah, I did think of a joke here. Um, there's a, a song in West Side Story called How Do We Solve a Problem Like Maria? I like that. Okay. Emily says Maria was killed in... <laughs> what a good joke that you put a lot of effort into. You're like... I really got this one down, boys. And you like, really? I just just thought it was funny. I was like, oh my God, they have a problem like Maria. (laughs) The way you delivered it, though, you were really just like throwing that joke out with the rest of the trash, huh? You You didn't say anything. 
Sorry, I'm not a big musical person. Emily says that Maria was killed in False Lake. And it's like, uh-oh, that's where Sicarius is going. And then I said, oh, my God, the police don't know where. Oh, right. They show him that picture of where right. Maria was allegedly so, killed. Yes. And yes. Um, he's like, yeah, that's where I fucking did it. What do you fucking want from me? <laughs> and Emily goes, this is a picture from Ireland. She literally went on Zillow and was like, let me search up abandoned cabins. <laughs> in Ireland, yeah. And there it was. Yeah, it's like hilarious. So clearly he didn't do it, right? Yeah. And then he launches at Luke and he says like, what's done is done. I just want to die. Goodbye. And then JJ calls Will and is like, sorry, Will. I didn't call you. I broke my promise. And he's like, you didn't break your promise. I just missed the call. Which I think is very charitable of him. I think it's very charitable of him to say that, like, no, 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 you called. You called. I missed it. Like, it's fine. I think you're right about the voicemail thing that, like, she wasn't going to put that in voicemail. But then she also wasn't going to have, like, a call with no voicemail. Exactly. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, Good for him. I mean, the fact that she even called him, like, she promised to, you know. Big improvement big. from JJ, honestly. Yeah, I think trying. that's why Will is so charitable. Like, yeah, you tried. Thank you. Please yeah, keep thanks. doing that. Like, yeah. because she is actually trying for once. She, for once, truly. Yeah. Okay. And then she says, I think I want to take a few days off after this case to like hang out with the family. I miss you guys. I love you. Bye. Great. In the conference room. So they're slowly identifying the bodies in the second container. Which is what? The one they blew up? Yes. So I think they're trying to take what DNA they can and try and identify some bodies. Okay. I was just very confused. I was like, what do you mean second container? But I think think it was the one that blew up. Yeah. So this second person had crab spiders in her throat. In the second. A person in the second container. Mm hmm. And they start realizing the differences in the two containers. The first container was the rough draft. And the second container, everyone is has this prolonged, painful torture, as opposed to like quick killings. And there's probably more containers all over the country. Because if there's two, you know, there could be more. If there's just one, that's fine. But if there's two, there's probably more. Penelope gets a phone call. She has to go. Tyler is very drunk. And he did get in a fist fight. And he did need Penelope to bail him out. Um, she takes him home and he's like, oh, your house is cute. I like all the colors. Totally trashed. Still complimenting. And then I I screenshotted the pictures on the nightstand, like the pictures Penelope has. One is of Sergio. Or it's not even Sergio. It's a different cat because Sergio is all black and this cat is not all black. So it must be one of her real life cats. The second is like a cast photo from the night from like the last episode, I think. And then another picture of just Emily and Penelope from the last episode. I think like that red night. dress has to be I think that was from that like last episode like photo shoot they did cuz that yeah. red red dress on AJ looks familiar. Yeah, that's the dress she said when she was talking to Reed. Yeah, so that's it's Rossi's wedding. Whatever episode that is. Okay. 
And then Tyler Green got in a fight. The other guy didn't press charges. And like, it sounds at first like Tyler just got into a fight with someone because he was drunk. But then he's like, the other guy walked up to him and called him a terrorist because of like the pictures on the news. And Tyler's like, you were right. I shouldn't have been alone. And I was like, they're definitely going to kiss at some point. (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then Tyler is at some sort of abandoned cabin place. He takes his shirt off. (laughs) Which I was like, okay. Sicarius. Sicarius is at a different place. You got to stop fucking up Sicarius and Tyler. You keep saying Tyler. Tyler is at Penelope's house and he is still shirted for now. Sicarius not shirted. Sicarius is at some abandoned cabin place. He takes his shirt off. Cool, whatever. He has a scar on his back and he's touching it. And I was like, is there going to be a flashback? Yes, there's a flashback. (laughs) Okay, he's reading one of Rossi's books. Which I think is really good. Yeah, Deviance, The Secret Desires of Sadistic Serial Killers. And I read the excerpt on the back, and it's like an excerpt from an actual book. I was hoping there'd be something funny, but it's all real type of things. Uh, And it's clearly been read a lot, this book. And Sicarius has the worst haircut. And it unfortunately- He really does for like young Sicarius, for like middle, I guess, teenage Sicarius. He's like straightening his hair. Yeah. (laughs) Terrible. Um, Unfortunately, I have a very similar haircut to him. And then we see a woman- I wasn't going to say shit, but if the shoe fits- But mine's blue, so it's- Yours is blue, so it's- Sure. (laughs) Thanks. I'm growing it out. Then there's a woman chained to the floor. It's Maria. The man is his uncle. Elias, who's going by Lee, which if you remember is what Tyler says his name was, Lee. So I bet that his legal name is Lee and he changes it to Elias. Or, I mean, I don't think a lot. I don't think Lee is that weird of a nickname for Elias, honestly, especially for, so? no, especially for they're f- from sort of like the middle of nowhere. True. Sort of shit happens all the time. I had a, I had a cousin named Elijah who we shortened to Lee. That's fair. It's not, yeah, I don't think it's that weird of a nickname, honestly. Although I wouldn't be shocked if he changed his name later on. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, he goes by Lee at this point. He's like, what's your name? She says, Maria. And then I saw that like on the hearth of the fireplace is like a a ring for a chain to be attached to. They have like built in a thing for women to be chained in their living rooms fucked up so it's fucked up and she's like please let me go and he's like i don't want my uncle to be mad at me and then he like walks over and he's clearly an adult but he moves like a child he's like very stiff and like awkward and yeah gangly i thought this was actually a really good acting choice from uh from our boy zach yeah from our boy zach guilford it really plays that like stunted young adult teen development very well yeah, and like he doesn't actually know how to talk to women. I hope they do flashbacks of him like right after he left. Like to see the transition from that man to who he is now would be interesting. Okay. He lets her go, but she like grabs a knife and stabs him in the back and is like fully trying to kill him. 
And then, Maria Jones? Hell yeah, yeah, girl. Hell yeah, Get girl. it. Get it, get it, get it. Okay. Then the uncle does grab her and kill her, unfortunately. And then he slaps the carriers and is like, I should have let her kill you. You little bitch boy. And then it comes back to the present and he puts a new shirt on and he leaves. Great. Then we learn that Silvio was in a gang, like a drug gang called Malinoches, which means bad nights. And he had a record, but his record was for dealing, not for any sort of violence. But, you know, he confessed and he asked to die. And so Emily and Tara and Luke are talking about him and they're like, the pattern for Sicarius is to, you know, if you're caught, kill yourself. Where, But this guy must have been like an early predecessor to that kind of theory because instead of like being caught and dying, they convinced him to go to jail and die. So like similar, but like not as guaranteed. And it required blackmail instead of just like grooming, I guess. I don't know. Okay. And then they said Sicarius must have something on Silvio, like some sort of symbolic threat. Oh my God. Okay. Rebecca shows up and goes, when were you going to tell me? And Emily literally just stands up and walks away. (laughs) And she's so right for that. She's like, the couples are fighting. Luke, you want to go anywhere else right now? Yeah. Let's head out. Hey, bud, you want to go grab some coffee? Yeah, let's go. It reminds me of the physics magic episode where, like, (laughs) Reed sets up the rocket and it lands at Hotch's feet, and Emily literally just turns around and walks away. She's like, actually, I'm not involved in this. And she's so right for that. She's so right for this initial reaction all the time. I just love, yeah, that her mother has clearly, like, blown a gasket enough that something happens, and Emily's just like, actually, no thank you, and just leaves. Yeah. Rebecca's mad, very mad. And Rebecca is like, I have always given you information. I've always given you a heads up, but you didn't even bother telling me what was going on. And she's like, I'm so close to becoming the associate district attorney. And this guy confessed. And Sicarius is dead. Like, what are you doing? And Tara's like, no, Ben isn't Sicarius. And then Rebecca is like, so you have a conspiracy theory. Like, it's not even it's a conspiracy theory that he wasn't Ben and that this case was messed up and blah, blah, blah. And she says basically like, I'll break up with you, Tara. Like, I know that Silvio is guilty and I know that I love you, but I will break up with you. And then I wrote that lesbians aren't allowed to be happy. Now. I don't like this move from Rebecca when it's understandable but at the end of the episode when she says like hey I'm apparently under review now because this case got overturned by you guys pretty easily like in a day right yeah I don't love this one of just like immediately breaking up with your girlfriend about it well I, I mean, like, about- understandable, but also, like, I don't know. Well, I think... What's your opinion? I agree that it isn't the best thing to do. 
and that Rebecca is clearly putting her career above her relationship. But again, they've been dating for like six months. So like, okay. yeah, that is fair. You know, and but two, they didn't move in together or we're going to. But remember, Tara has been withholding. You know, she like balked at moving in and then decided to just kind of like, you know, what, let's do it. And she's didn't tell people for six months, her closest friends, she didn't tell for six months. And, you know, she's not exactly the most open. She didn't like she could have called Rebecca when they saw yeah. her name on the case file. And she didn't. Rebecca found out from someone else. Yeah. You know. No, I I, I do understand. I do get it. Tara's maybe the not the best time, girlfriend. You know, and at the same time, like in the same way, like they the picture that's like a picture of Maria at 143, even though the original confession was that it happened before midnight, that picture was in a storage box underground in a different state, you know? Like there was no way of like he confessed. And yeah, that's also what it. I'm like. Why are you putting Rebecca under review for this? This case did everything right except for the fact that this man com- confessed for a crime he didn't commit. Yes. That has held up less has held up more important cases than yes. than that. You know what he I mean? Confessed. They found her body. He you know was there when you know he was available to commit the crime. They didn't know about the gay thing. They didn't know that he was with her as sort of like a cover, you know, and but all they knew was that he was this dangerous gang man and he knew where her body was and he confessed to it and the timeline matched up with his schedule. Yeah, he and he confessed, you know, like, why would she have questioned any of that? So I, I think that she's right to be upset about it it's the case that made her career she's right that she's like i did my job everything pointed to him being guilty he confessed to it and now you're digging it up to prove that i'm wrong which makes me look incompetent and stupid and like my career is built on a mistake and tara couldn't bother giving her a heads up about that you know? Yeah, no, now the, the more that I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, no, actually, fuck you, Tara. You need to get your shit together, bestie. Yeah, like literally if she had just called her ahead of time and been like, hey, listen, we found this picture that caused some stuff into question. Like, you didn't have it when you put him away 20 years ago. So like, there's no way you would have known. Because once, because here's the thing, once Rebecca sees that picture and has some more information, she's like, okay, yeah, I'll go make the phone call. Like, she immediately she gets on board pretty quickly. Yeah, she's like, I thought he was guilty. Once they and, show her two yeah. pieces of evidence, she's like, yep, all right. Yeah, and she makes the call, even though she knows it's going to put her into review. She is not, you know, she didn't put this way a man away for the sake of her career, you know, but now her career is at stake for letting him go free. So I get it. And also, I'm sure for her, it's hard that it's like, the evidence is to out him. Yeah. You know? It's not great. It's not great. Not great. So I completely understand. And also she wasn't like terrible about it. And it wasn't a big scene. She was like, hey, I did which I did the right thing. And she says this, I know I did the right thing. But like, 
the way that you have handled this, I cannot accept that from a partner. I'm breaking up with you. You know, it makes sense. I still have some hope they'll get back together. I hope so, too. I have some hope. Season two, baby. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we have four more episodes left, at least. Okay. We cut to JJ and Penelope talking. Oh, via um, video chat, because Penelope's home with Tyler Green, who she's just hiding that fact from everybody, which is very funny. <laughs> He's, like, sitting just out of frame. It's Literally. really funny. Literally. So, they, okay, they talk about the different victimologies in the first container and the second container in the first container they're all high-risk lifestyles homeless people sex workers etc in the second one they're all low-risk lifestyles they've all been reported missing they all have families and etc etc the second container they all had children including tyler green's sister but they're like does that mean that maria jones had siblings and it's like we don't know okay and then Penelope's like, am I missing gossip? And JJ's like, I'll fill you in on the Tara gossip later. <laughs> and then in the other room, Tara walks in and Luke and Emily are just kind of like eyeing her. And Luke's like, so you want to talk about it? And Tara's like, no, but I'll tell you about my crumbling love life over beer later. Which is <laughs> so funny. They're so such true. bros. Tara Lewis, the butch you are, ma'am. The butch you are, ma'am. I love you. Okay. They're looking through Silvio's letters. Each of them have a postmark from up and down the eastern seaboard with a photo of some guy. And there's one for each year of the incarceration, including the year he was arrested. And on the back of the picture is written a Catholic confessional prayer. So it's like, who is this guy? And then they realize like Silvio isn't protecting the killer. He's protecting this you know man in the photos. Tara goes to go talk to him. And she like immediately clocks that he's gay. And so she's like, hey, I'm a forensic psychologist. I study serial killers, but like, I am gay. <laughs> and I too am gay. <laughs> like... I too am gay. And like, I think that you are covering for this guy because you guys are getting together and that's like hard because you're in these like macho gang, whatever. And the guy's like, the threat isn't being outed. The threat is that he could kill this guy. He could kill my boyfriend at any chance he gets. And Tara's like, I can protect you and, you know, your boyfriend if you give me a name. And But Sylvia won't. But it doesn't matter. P P pajamas. What? Uh, Jesus put... Christ, what? It's PG, Penelope Garcia. But my brain said PJ and then it said pajamas. We need to finish this episode ASAP. Okay. Penelope found the guy in the photos named Juan. He was also in the gang, but he has no address. And then Tyler groans in the background and Emily and Luke are like, what is that? And she's like, it was my kid in the Black Queen. And they're <laughs> like, ah, okay. And then they say that this man fell off the face of the planet in 2005, which is, remember, the year of the first shipping container starting. And he has a new name, Samuel Ortiz, and he lives in Norfolk, Virginia. Great. And Luke is like, feed that fucking cat. <laughs> Luke's so funny, honestly. So they definitely know it's like a man, for sure. For sure. But for they don't want to sure. like be shitty about it. So they're like, all right, we're not going to poke into anybody else's love lives today because we've already done that bad enough, gang. Yep. 
Okay. Tyler has made Penelope tea. And he's like, thanks for looking out for me. And like, I thought I'd get closure, but I only have pain. And Penelope is like, I also have pain from losing my parents. And then they like almost I said, are they going to kiss? And then he leans in to kiss her. And she like stands up and is like, let's go for a walk. She's like, it is public. There are other people around. You will not be tempted to kiss me anymore. Yes. Okay. Sicarius, driving all intense. There's a flashback of the police finding the body that they buried, which I think they're, uh, they're finding Maria's body. And the uncle is like, they won't find us. I'm good about that. But also this time I have a fall guy, which is Silvio. And then the uncle is like, it's weird. There's been no activity here since before I lived here. So it's funny that the Durham County Sheriff decided to come sniffing around. Flashback to Sicarius packing up. He's got like the six pictures they find later. He has it. And his suitcase is one of those military kill kits. Hmm. Uh... The uncle is like, you talk to the cops, obviously. And Sicarius is like, when the fuck would I have done that? You don't let me out of your sight. And the uncle's like, yeah, exactly. So you're not going to leave of my dead body. And then Lee is like, I'm leaving. Goodbye. And the uncle says, he like, tries to strangle the uncle. And then he leaves. And the uncle almost like, kills this old man straight up. Yeah, he almost kills up. this dude. Fully. And then it cuts back to present. He's at the house. The light's on. It's unlocked. And he comes in. He goes inside. Then we cut to Luke, Tara, and Emily talking to Sylvia's boyfriend. And basically, he's like, we couldn't be out. We were really good at hiding it. But we got caught a few weeks ago, a few weeks before Maria's death, by a man that we bought gums from. And his name was Cyrus the uncle and the uncle was obsessed with maria and juan knows for a fact that by the time that at the time that maria was killed they were at a drag night they have pictures it was our first time out together you know but sylvia wouldn't accept it wouldn't do it and so he confessed instead of it and now the boyfriend is like i will give you the photos like he's been protecting me all this time now it's my turn to protect him which and, I like this oh, guy a lot. He's yeah. really doing his best in a very difficult situation here. Absolutely. And he says like he's been out since then. Like he came out and he was like, fuck it. I'm going to live my truth, etc." Okay. Shout out to you, my guy. Shout out. MVP. Bailey, MVP. Bailey is like, you should take those pictures to the attorney general, you know, but the best way to withdraw the case is to get the original prosecutor to do it. So Tara goes to Rebecca, she gives her the pictures and is like, here's, you know, Cyrus and this and that. And Rebecca's the only one who can stay the execution. And she's basically like, do you know what's going to happen when I make that phone call? And Tara's like, I don't. And then she says, is Silvio 100% innocent? And Tara's like, I would bet my life on it. And then Rebecca leaves, presumably to make this call. Okay. Tyler and Penelope are walking around. <laughs> Thank you. And he's like, oh, we're actually super close to where Allison used to work. She, you know, she went missing at the same restaurant that she worked at. Which is like, your boyfriend's taking you to your work for a date night, but okay. 
And then Penelope notices the cross section, this, the street that they're on, Oak Street. And Penelope's like, it wasn't always Oak Street. And then she like gives Tyler her keys and like calls a taxi. By the way, that's not what DC taxis look like. They're not yellow. They're We're red. living in a fantasy world where there are taxis just like going around and you don't have to like call for one to take you to the airport at three AM. So You like... can do that at, you can do that at DC. They're around in DC. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. They're like that in DC. But they're red. Hmm. Not yellow with black squares so anyway. the classic idea of a taxi yeah she how like dare stuck they her hand use out. this easily recognizable symbol how dare okay they? okay anyway she gives tyler her keys she's like you can go back okay i'm gonna go to quantico and then she walks away and then she like comes back and kisses his face it's very cute they kiss they're cute. I like them a lot, actually. I Me like too. them. Me too. I think I really, I really dig them, actually. Yeah. Absolutely. The way he just like got her a cat, and then he's like, "I guess I'm a cat person now." Just like sitting there holding it, and Literally. then this, I'm like, "Yeah." Literally. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I admire your work. You're a very good hacker. I bought you a kitten. And I think you're cute. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, unfortunately, we cut to Tara, like, waiting in the elevator lobby. Rebecca comes in and Tara's like, sorry, you know, about all this. And Rebecca's like, I know I did the right thing, but now I'm under review. And she says, I've been on your side the whole time, but you can't be honest about what you need. Which I don't really understand. Tara couldn't be honest about what she needed. Like I think like, it goes back to your point of like Tara didn't call her to let her know. Like really truly did not. Yeah. You know. But it's like is it what she needed from a relationship? I mean also it could be that too. Yeah I'm just not clear. They haven't like fleshed out their relationship very much so it's like that's why I'm telling you, man. Season two, come back, baby. <laughs> okay, we'll see how they finish season one first. Okay, and then Rebecca breaks up with her. Kind of. She's like, Tara's like, can we talk about this when we get home? And Rebecca's like, no. And she goes, why not? And Rebecca says, I'm not going home. Dramatic ass like, bitch. Okay. I know. Gay. All butches are so dramatic. And for what? <laughs> okay, gay. Um, I love that they're butch for butch. <laughs> so true. So true. They're both very, very uh, fashion government butch. Oh, yeah. Business butch for sure. For okay. sure. Okay. Rossi, everyone except Penelope and Tara are creating the Geo profile. And Rossi is like, there's two very different containers, Yakima versus Georgia. The ones in Georgia, because they're low risk lifestyle, because they all have families and stuff, they're challenged. So he leaves them in Georgia while he lives in Yakima, Washington. And that's how he stays safe because they're so far. Penelope shows up and she's like, hey, all of the identified victims have a connection to the name of a single location, 2nd Street. All of them were near and around a 2nd Street before they were killed. Now, 2nd Street is the most popular street name, both 2nd Street and Park Avenue. 
are the most common street names. So she's in like, America. yeah, in America. Yeah. And she's like, that's, you know, hard to like say it's something, but it's something, you know, we don't it have is. anything, you know, here it is. Yeah. And oh, and the reason Second Street is such a popular name is because First Street usually gets changed to like Main Street or something. Yeah. Okay. Just want to throw that out there. Great. And then Allison Green used worked on Oak Street, but it used to be Second Street, which doesn't make any sense. But okay. She says like in two thousand and two or whatever, Oak Street was just an extension of Second Street and wasn't yeah. its own street yet. Which I love. That's such a dumb bullshit little piece of local history that of course Penelope knows. I know. Of and course she, she does. It's just funny because like she lives in D.C. and I'm like now I want to go look up like Oak Street D.C. and like. So now they're looking at, you know, the where the second street thing is personal and the who he killed, that's transference. So he might be a father because like he's killing parents. So he's probably a father and it would explain the gaps because like the cooling off periods are probably in line with his children's birth. So he had to stop for a little bit to take care of a baby. And that's why he's so disciplined but they're going to catch him through his family. Great. Sicarius goes into his uncle's home and his uncle is on like a drip line IV thing. And Sicarius Elias is like, I can't stop thinking about this place. Like I'm obsessed with it. All I do is think about it. You know, I'm only what you've made me. And the uncle is like, I, it's stupid that you thought you could be normal. You know, vice is in our blood. Do you remember the real reason you came into my custody? And I was like, did he kill his parents? Or like, were his parents killers? Or like, what? We don't know. So then the uncle is like, you're Sicarius, aren't you? Like, I've seen it on the news. Are you here to kill me? And Lee says, oh, I put something in your IV an hour ago. He's like, I killed you an hour ago, which is such a raw fucking line. So good. And... The uncle says, you know, if I die, they'll connect it to you. And he's like, no, you're you're dying of kidney failure. They'll see a sad old man who died of kidney failure. And she's just so man, he has so thoroughly like distanced himself from his home. But like, you can't ever fully distance yourself from where you grew up. It's just such a tasty. These two episodes are very tasty. Meaty protein. They were in the crock pot for 10 full hours, honestly. Ripe, falling off the bone. Okay. The And then the uncle is like, I always knew that family is what gets you killed. You'll learn that soon enough. I'm going to just put a pin in that. <laughs> yeah, that seems like a very obvious pin in that, considering... <laughs> They just talked about the fact that they were going to catch him through his family. Yeah. Like, yeah. okay. Yeah. And then his uncle dies. So. Rip to that old man. Rip. You fucked so, up old dude. Yeah. Okay. Predictions. Okay. I. So here's a question for you. Do you think all of the shipping containers were Elias? Like he left. I think. Instead of doing shipping containers. I think they will start, they will find more shipping containers and older ones that are his uncles. 
but I think they're just Elias's because the uncle like buried bodies out in random places. Remember? That's true. So I think Elias was like, they can't find the body. Like I can't get caught if they can't find the body. That is true. No, yeah, maybe it is just Elias. How many more containers do you think we're going to find? That's a good question. I think we find at least one or two more, right? Yeah, I think we will. One of them was in Yakima. So the thing is, is he's from North Carolina, but he lives in Yakima now. Mm -hmm. Or he lives in Seattle, right? Right. Washington, I mean. Same city, basically, right? I think. Close enough, in the same state. And I think that, you know, so we have one in Georgia, which in theory he has no connection to, except he apparently used to go there for work a lot. There's the one in Seattle, which is like where he lives. I wouldn't be surprised if there was like one in his college town and one like somewhere else he goes a lot. Like I could see there being like one or two more. It just depends on like how often he was killing. I mean, I think he killed more often than we think. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think it's interesting that like before now, I mean, I know the shipping container and like Sicarius and all that, but like before now, he's been kind of the controller of other killers. And it's almost hard to imagine him killing people and keeping them in a storage container. It's like hard to imagine him as like a serial killer. I think of him as just like controlling the others. But I think that's kind of like, that's the whole thing, right? The pandemic started and he couldn't kill anymore. So he started talking to other killers. Yeah, I just, I think, I think we're going to find one or two more. Yeah, containers. Containers. I. Yeah. Yeah, the way they're talking about it right now, it's like a pre-relationships and then post-relationships. You know, the two containers. But there could be more. Yeah. I don't know. I'm interested. I'm I'm just delighted to see where this goes. It's been so long since I've kept up with a TV show week by week. Yeah. I hate like, it. the last time I did this was, like, Legacies on the CW. <laughs> Jesus. And that's not a mystery for me to untangle. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I I like these episodes. I think they're really good. Me too. So, scale of 1 to 10, James. What oh, are you sure. ranking 105 Oedipus Rex? Good job. I, um, did, I had to stop and I had to think about it. And I was like, how did you pronounce Oedipus earlier? Fuck. Like edible. <laughs> Exactly. That's why I was like, Oedipus, edible, Oedipus. There we go. I was you like, it was, it was a struggle. Yeah, you got this. Okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to give Oedipus Rex like a nine. Your first nine of the season. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it too, actually. I wonder if I might go up even a little higher because like I can't think about something I did not enjoy about that episode. I know I was scared to give it a 10. It was creepy in all the right ways. It was like 
a good case. It was just fucked up enough to keep you guessing. Yeah. You had Emily's MILF moments. Ugh. I might. James? Yeah. Would you kill me if I gave it a 10? No, because I'm going to give episode 6 a 10. Oh, really? I didn't like episode 6 as much. So I will give this episode, I'll give Oedipus Rex a 10 because I really enjoy that episode. I really like the cliffhanger. It's good. You are going to give 106 True Conviction a 10. Yeah, I fucking loved it. I think I might give it a 9. Okay. I just, Oedipus Rex was just so... There was something about it, you know? It was that slow-cooked, fall-off-the-bone tender, you know? So true. It was that tastiness. I just, I, I didn't have the same feelings about 106. I thought some of the Sicarius flashbacks were a little, like, the reasons why he was places doing things felt a little contrived. Like, why was he standing there shirtless in a field near a cabin uh, feeling at I, a scar? I mean, I think it was showing us that he was just driving straight through and not even stopping it was just it was just weird to me i didn't like to see the point in it i didn't like it that much so you know for that reason pretty much that reason alone uh true conviction gets a nine but it does we do finally say wheels up so really truly nobody loses wheels up wheels up wheels up wheels up next episode of wheels up banger banger alert because we are going back to season three, episode five, seven seconds. So true. Oh, baby. We're in for a treat with that one. One of the best episodes of all time ever. Seriously, such a good episode. Such yeah. a good episode. Yeah. God, I'm so fucking excited to talk about that, honestly. Yeah. I'm so jazzed. Until then, you can find us anywhere you get your socials at Wheels Up Pod. You can leave us comments either in like the Q and A on if you're on Spotify, you can leave us comments in the Q and A. Um, and if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a fucking review, please. Thank you. Yeah. You can um, also, if you want to submit like corrections, you can do so by emailing us wheelsup at brightcrownmedia.com or uh, by leaving us a voice message on Anchor. I think people don't know they can do that. You can like shitty 1-800 like radio show call in line to our yeah. show we will play it on air Please as do long it. as you know say some dumb shit well yeah and I am the arbiter of what's dumb shit so you can get away with <laughs> quite a lot here I'm not gonna lie to you. that's funny James yes do you have an ending quote for me bestie I really do ooh I'm excited for this one as Penelope Garcia says, I am very smart, but the internet is very large. 